tap, tap, tap in. You're listening to Pulse Radio with Randall and Shelby, the heart of the culture. No more sad songs. Count your blessings. Even when you're feeling low, you got to turn around and turn on your favorite show. Cause we about to turn up and everybody go. Where are my ladies? Where are my players? Friends and family smiling every day. And everybody say, What's going on, everybody? This is Randall Barnes, the founder of HBC Pulse and the host of Pulse Radio in the building for a very special exclusive edition of the show on today. Because listen, like we've been going in with the students in the media. So you already know when you saw the viral moment, when you saw the Nick Cannon show, you know, we had to get the sensational seven on HBCU Pulse Instagram Live. Shout out to CDK on the mic, a.k.a. Christian Cornegay, Mackenzie Estep, D'Angelo Couture, Sir Saranica Metcalf, Marie Radigan, Dewey Tran, and Jada Jenkins. They had their student loans paid off by Nick Cannon. So first and foremost, congratulations to you all. As a graduate of Fort Valley State University, I know how it feels to pay student loans, and trust me, it ain't fun. It ain't great. As Nick Wright says. So thank everybody for tuning in and just turning up with this man. But first and foremost, it's just such an amazing occasion because this is an HBCU year. Because you've seen so much HBCU excellence and HBCUs in the media from the NBA All-Star Game to Vice President Kamala Harris at the inauguration. You had him in the ballroom. Shout out to A.O. Davis, who's the president of Disney Branded Television. So it's so much HBCU excellence that's been going on. And even Nick himself. Nick is a a spring 2020 graduate of Howard University. So just to have him do this is amazing. And the reason why we're doing this right now is because we want to showcase these students because Nick Cannon did an amazing job doing it, but he didn't get a chance to truly go in depth with these seven students. All right. He didn't get the opportunity to really hear their, hear their story because of the time constraints. But he did what needed to be done. And that's what black media is here for. That's what HBC media is here for. We're going to tell the stories of these seven amazing students. All right. And we got to so I got to say this, because if you know me, you know, I tell the truth. Nick Cannon is really doing more than some of these politicians. All right. Because I hear a lot of posturing. I hear a lot of hashtag cancel student debt. Why Nick Cannon just canceled student debt by himself. All right. So I need the politicians to follow Nick Cannon's lead because he partnered with the Thurgood Marshall College Fund, United Negro College Fund, and other scholarship providers to make sure the Sensational Seven got their tuition handled. So I need for President Joe Biden, we love you. You're doing your thing. You're getting a lot of hate. But here's what you need to do, all right? Because midterms are coming up. Going to cancel that student debt. We see it's possible on Nick Cannon. So now let's do it for everybody else, all right? So thank you to Nick Cannon for being a leader and doing what our politicians are doing. But we, I'm, I'm going to leave that alone. We have a couple of future politicians that we're going to be interviewing on today. 
But first, we have to start off. I would have been remiss not to start off with CDK on the mic. CDK is a large reason why we're here at 38,000 followers. Um, I met him in 2020, March 2020. He came on the team. He was running to be HBC Buzz's number one HBC host. And I just saw it for him. Like, I really wanted CDK to join the team. He was so cool. He was very supportive of what I was trying to do. He did a lot, man, from the Battle of the DJs to the interviews. He brought us, you know, 1804 Jack Boy uh, back in May. And he's just done a lot for the brand. So to see CDK have such an opportunity, not only to get his student loans paid off, but also to be on the Nick Cannon show was just so amazing to me. So first and foremost, shout out to CDK. And we're going to bring him on in a second, but I want to play for you, you know, just the news story that was presented on the Nick Cannon show and the story of how he came, how he became CDK on the mic and how he got to the Nick Cannon show. So I want y'all to check this out. When I was a kid, I found out that I had a learning disability. Overcoming learning disabilities helped me accept who I am. The greatest day of my life, the day I learned I, I was accepted to North Carolina a &T. That was the day that I knew that I was going to be an influence to my younger brothers. You had a learning disability, and you overcame that when you were younger, and it inspired you to go on. And now here you are today, repping the HBCU in a big way. Talk about it, man. North Carolina A&T, Aggie Pride, all the way to the outside, man. Um, I knew I had to overcome that learning disability if I was going to be able to carry on the legacy of great hosts and entertainers such as yourself. And I knew if I had to do that, you know what I'm saying, the only thing I could do is make sure I hit on all cylinders as far as my career. So I knew I had to have no weaknesses. I had to tighten up on everything I could do. So that's why I came up with my, I overcame my learning disability. There it is. We love it, man. You did it well. Smiling, taking over the media game. And taking over the media game is right. Like CDK is going crazy in this media thing. And we're so grateful for all his support of us. And also I get a chance to now interview him. Cause he's doing, he was doing interviewing for a long time. Now he gets a chance to be interviewed, man, on HBCU Pulse. So let's bring on CDK on the mic, better known as Christian Cornegay, man. You listen to Pulse Radio. What's going on with you, brother? How you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. I'm on the way to Aggie football. I forgot we had a game today, man. But we, <laughs> we outside today. I got me a new jersey, you know what I'm saying? So repping a whole lot of a stuff. I thought I had enough a gear, but I realized after doing this and all the interviews is coming up after this i don't have enough anti gear so i just been buying 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 so all my hbcu clothing lines out there y'all want to send me some stuff some gifts man i'll rock your stuff because i need some more hbcu apparel for homecoming season i mean at this point like you were featured on national television man you put it on man it's gonna be sales bro <laughs> you know what i'm saying so they can tap in with you man but first and foremost like i'm so proud of you bro like from March 2020, when we had that conversation about, you know, coming on, on, on the team and everything like that and Battle of the DJs to now you're on the Nick Cannon show, man. First and foremost, I'm proud of you. And I just got, we got to point this out. We got to, we got to be exclusive. All right. You have won the pandemic. You and D nice and Swiss beast and Timberland have won the pandemic. Like you, you the number one HBCU host, you're a hip hop DX creator. You've had multiple celebrity interviews and you really outside. Like the pandemic's over for you, man. You really outside you everywhere, man. So how has it felt this whole entire, you know, just year, just coming up and growing in your brand. So really when I, when the pandemic first happened, I lost everything. I lost uh, my job in radio. I lost all my events on campus. I lost literally everything, all my sources of income. That was it. Mm. When I got back to getting my job at Warner and getting back into doing hosting, when outside started to open back up a little bit more and to see everything come back, plus some more, just a year later, a year and a half later, almost two, 
that's right there. Like, it was like, I was at the worst time of my life when the pandemic first happened. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was going through school issues. I was going through financial issues. I was losing all my shit's income. I still had bills to pay. So it was like to lose everything and to gain it back and just to be in a better place than I was before and to be able to help people now because somebody helped me is a whole nother level of inspiration, a whole nother level of blessing. It's just like, it low-key feels unreal, mm. the fact that now that I have to, uh, that I'm able to do all of this. So it's just like, I just can't even believe it right now. Like, that's that. It's just crazy to me. Like, every day, it's like, life is really going as well. Like, and it's just like, October is probably going to be the best month of my life. I'm not mm. even going to lie to you. Like, everything that's coming up in October is just, it's amazing. Man, we talked about it. I mean, we used to always talk about like what was coming up and and how we how we would maneuver things, man. So just seeing you at this point, man, honestly, is motivational. And let me ask you this: so did you envision this back when the pandemic first started? And even let's even go back to like the fall, you know, when things start opening up, you got back on campus. Like, did you envision that this next year would be like this? No, I, I thought like I was. It's always a situation where in the spring I always try to do something really big. Like, as far as, like, a pivotal point in my career is, like, trying to, like, shift my brand or re reinvent myself. This this fall has been life-changing. Like, I, I wanted to make it out, and I really wanted to make it out, but to be on national television and be recognized in grocery stores, like, all that, all that type of stuff, people texting me, calling me that I haven't heard from in years, people saying that they see me, like, just random kids and family, that right there is, like, it's crazy. Like, I didn't know that this was going to be the way by me telling my struggle and me and me having to be with me being relatable to other people that have been through similar situations. I didn't think that was going to be the way I made it out, but it is like, and I just, I'm just so thankful and grateful to even be noticed or be known by one of my mentors in media. Like if anybody knows, me, you know, they know I really model my career as far as like how Nick Cannon is a jack of all trades. That's the lane that I like. I would want to go down because he does so many different things. Like he does a talk show. He has a radio show. He has a, a TV show with Wild and Out that he's, putting other black creatives on you know what i'm saying like it's so many different things that he do that he that he does that i kind of would like to do myself in another way um shape or form you know what i'm saying so it's just like that right there to even just be noticed by him or know what he does is just that was a blessing in itself before the student that's even came into the picture how did you get on nick cannon because you texted me and we're going to talk more about you know Jaden and, and how we were able to help Jada get on the show and he was all really you man you really you know you know like threw the ball to me i caught it like a raw receiver and then we ran it in but how did you get the opportunity to be on nick cannon's show man like how, what happened oh uh, so really like just um everything i do for hbcus like it kind of just came all back full circle like it was a situation where um all my articles that i have about me like uh just being out and being in the community and kind of just being everywhere, that became a situation where it just kind of came back full circle and it was a situation where things just kind of lined up at the right place at the right time and stars just aligned for me. Um, so it was a situation where I put in my time and my time that I put in came back to me. So um, that was, in a way, how it happened. I love it. And someone said in the comments on HBCU Post, CDK the GOAT. This one's going to start calling. You're going to drop the mic and put the GOAT. Okay, we gotta we gotta put a we we, we gonna we gonna take the mic. I just put a goat on under CDK at this point. And here's the one thing you always talk about, and you talked about it on on, on HP Sports Instagram Live before, and we talked about it behind the scenes. You always say, as an entertainer and as a brand, you have to keep your face clean. So, how important was keeping your face clean and keeping your brand up? How important what, what was that to not only you getting on the show, but what's happened after? So, I'm gonna be honest with y'all. Every all the major situations that I've had as far as like big brand endorsement deals and everything like that, all of those came because they say we looked at your Instagram and we like what you post. 
we like what your brand stands for. Then they go to the articles and they go to my website. Then they go to everything and really start searching deep and, and deep into my brand. But all of that came from the surface level of looking at my bio, scrolling down my page and being like, wow, wow. Oh, wow. Like every time you scroll down my page is important news announcements. And it's like, okay, I see him progressing over time. Literally almost once a week is something new or every day um, to the point where it's being consistently, consistently putting that image on what you want to have your brand to be. So keeping your brand clean. If it was one thing or any tweet that would have happened, they search for that stuff. They really do. Like I know before they'd be like, oh yeah, we got this. No, they really do go through this stuff. Like forever, all jokes aside, deeply clean all the way through your social media. So, um, so to keep your social media clean, literally basically just changed my life. So, um, right. yeah. And, and you're the, and you're the best at branding. And I think that now people need to listen. Cause, and we've always said this when we're doing Battle of the DJs and all of that is that with the DJs and with the host, because you know with that lane, it can get dirty, it can get vulgar, you're in the club. But it's like it's not like, oh, you being fake, you changing up, you're trying to be Disney Channel. It's just that you have to have both sides of the brand. So I think that that's so important. But so talk about just the moment of being on, you know, Nick Cannon's show. So you were on the Zoom with D'Angelo and Marie. So how was that moment? Like, were you nervous? How did it feel logging into the Zoom? How did it feel? Um, Really, it was crazy. Like, it was a situation where I was like, it's time. Like, it's here. Like, like boom, we, we on live, we doing it. And it's just like, the, everything was just a situation where it was all a surprise to us as well. Like, everything was a surprise. So, um, it was being able to talk to Nick and, and talk to him on his show for like that. I didn't know that was how he was going to speak. I knew it was going to eventually cross paths, but I didn't know it was going to be that. So, um, I wasn't really nervous. I was just more so of a situation of just excited. Like, I was just excited the, the entire time. So, um, one thing I will say, though, because I've seen this a lot and people, somebody literally, when I turn my phone back on, just commented just on my stuff. The schools that we go to didn't really have anything to do with it. Mm. It was more so about our story and less about the yeah. big names or, and everybody knows that St. Aug is not a big name. Clark Atlanta is a part of the AUC, but they're not a big name as well. Like, they're, like, one of, well, when we talk about names, I'm talking about, like, the, the usual schools that we talk about. That had nothing to do with what we had going on. Each of us had an individual story that needed to be told, that needed to be delivered to somebody else that's going through the same situation. So it wasn't a situation where it's about what school we go to. Right. Um, and I feel like there's a time and a place for everything. And usually I don't even address it like that, but that's definitely the time. And no, that's real. And, like that. and I can hop on it too, because, you know, what you're talking about is, you know, people always say, oh, we see Howard, A&T, and fam, you all the time. But I can attest to you from this is that when you reached out to me and you, and you gave me the opportunity to try to find someone to be on the show, and, and I recommended Jada, you know, it wasn't, hey, we want somebody from Clark Atlanta, is that we want somebody with a diverse background and a story to tell. Because that's what TV is. It's not, oh, they go to Howard, let's bring them on. Or they go to Antti, let's bring them on. It's all about the story because more than anything, Nick's a, Nick is a philanthropist. He's just trying to help people, man. So that what's understood don't got to be explained, man. We ain't worried about that. It's all positivity. And let's go to this positive moment, all right? So when he announced, all right, that you and everybody's student loans were paid off in a cessation of seven, Walk us through that moment, man, because we saw so much man, emotion from your face. How did that feel, CDK? How did it feel? Man, my mom, man, off my shoulders, man. I don't got to worry about my mom anymore. So <laughs> now I'm, I'm completely doing everything for myself as far as paying bills, schools, paying for it, everything is straight. So that was that was the moment I was waiting for. Like, hey, mom, this is the gift of a lifetime. Boom. You know what I'm saying? So being a first-generation college student, boom. Like, that was that was what it really was. It was it was all the things that I've been through because my journey in college has not been a perfect one at all. So, um, but it's been perfect, the perfect storm. 
you know what I'm saying? Because there's, uh, you know, in the storm, at the end of the storm, it comes to shine, you know what I'm saying? So that's just been my moment as far as where that goes and everything like that. So, right. yeah, that's that's what the, the emotion really came from. It's just like, dang, like, for people to say if anybody deserves this, like, as far as, like, or if you really deserve it, like, that's just how it was. It was just, like, people see that I put my time in as far as when it comes to HBC. So that was the, the moment that really hit me um, the most. So I, I really appreciate that. So, um, and just being able to be around other HBCU students that also have a story to tell, like just being able to learn about them and just staying connected with them because we all stay connected as well. So it wasn't a situation where we just kind of like at the show that was it. Like we're all still helping each other and, and figuring out ways to now give back um, and get back into the schools. I think that's the number one goal that we have right now is to, um, well, one of my goals as well is to, uh, that I'm working on this spring is to bring the HBCU culture to our high schools, elementary schools, and middle schools because I feel like a lot more students would go if they actually knew because sometimes people don't have the opportunity to travel out there themselves. They need that to come to their doorstep. So that's where I'm at with it right now. Right. So really quickly, I have to give you this shout-out, man, because, like, when I saw you, you had, you know, the backdrop, the ring lights, your microphone, CDK on the mic. I was like, that's my boy. Because you never, ever lose the opportunity to present yourself and brand yourself on a platform such as Nick Cannon's show. So when I saw that, I'm like, that's CDK right there, man. It wasn't just, hey, I'm just going to hop on Zoom and get this. You use this as an opportunity to, to move your brand forward. So I want to ask you this. like, What do you think? Because we know you, your student loans were paid off by Nick Cannon, and that's a blessing because you're starting off, when you graduate, you start off with a whole just new life that you can just go and, and run after your dreams and not be tied down. But for your brand, like, what do you think this is going to do for your brand? Um, I actually have a lot of things coming up to where this is kind of going hand in hand with that. Um, I haven't told anybody, but on the live, I guess I'll say it. Um, I have a book that's coming out this month. What? Uh, that's already done, written, uh, in the process of being published. I'm just waiting on last few strings, but um, that'll be released this month, and that'll kind of help go hand in hand with being able to go from having troubles with reading comprehension to now writing a book and being able to tell kids that as well um, and have that a part of my story. So that goes hand in hand with that as well. And then there's other things going on tour. It's just everything that after this, a lot of corporations have reached out, partnerships, just everything has been falling in all like just right now. It's just been getting crazy. So um, Aggie pride, you know what I'm saying? HBCU pride. I feel, and this is the last one. This way, you know, my show prep, man. But how do you find the time? Like, what, you wrote a book. How you find the time, man? Having a team, mm. having a team, having a team of just people around you that just uh, has and spending investing into myself again, like reinvesting all the gifts that I get back, reinvesting that back into my brand and into other things um, is something that I've been doing. So, um, yeah, you make it, but you spend it right back and you make it again and you spend it again and you make it again, and you spend it again. Um, all them things just come full circle and it's just like now it's my turn to get back at, like how I really want to because some of the proceeds from my book is going to go to my scholarship that's coming out in the spring. Uh, more details about all that is coming up uh, at the homecoming season. But um, holiday season, right at the homecoming season, we talking about that book. Well, man, CDK, I'm going to let you go on and go to the football game. I'm proud of you, man, and keep grinding, man. You're doing your thing. So let's move on to bringing on McKenzie, all right? So first of all, happy Founders Day to McKenzie. It's McKenzie's Founders Day for fraternity, all right? So McKenzie is Miss St. Augustine's University, and she has such an amazing story of triumph leading into, you know, just enrolling at St. Augustine's University and doing all the amazing things that she's done. 
Going away to college was so important to me, coming from that low-income, single-parent household, because I spent so much of my time living in that toxic household, and it drained me of not knowing my purpose or my, my passions or even my potential. So that is really why I thought that going to college is what would help me. And I applied to this one institution, and I made it in here by one point. And Mackenzie, you're the first-generation high school graduate from your family, as well as college student, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, my mom, she uh, is the biggest role model in my life right now. It's just being her. So, being she didn't get to go to college, I mean, get, didn't graduate from high school nor go to college, um, I had to be that pioneer, that black sheep in the mm. family. So once I got that big opportunity to go to St. Aug, which was the only institution that accepted me, due to a GPA defining me, um, I took it and I ran with it, and I didn't stop there. You know. And you here right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. And she was there and she kept going. So now she's here with us to talk about just her experience. So let's bring on Miss St. Augustine's University, Mackenzie Eastup. You listen to Pulse Radio. Mackenzie. Hello. How you doing? I am great. How are you? I bet you're great. You got you got your student loans paid off. You all in the media. So how has <laughs> this week been for you? Because you had homecoming coronation. Those pictures were high quality. I thought you was dropping a movie. And now you on Nick Cannon. How does it feel? <laughs> I did. I kept it really low the entire coronation week. I was just focused on my HBCU and the impact we made with our alumni and the students and the freshmen. But uh, as, as soon as Saturday was over, I was like, it's time to relax, you know, because everything was paid for. I was so excited. We, we flew to New York, me and my advisor, he did join. He was very supportive. And, you know, it was just like a relief just getting on the plane and just being able to relax. But it was it was a thrill. And I got to say this, because you, you, you said the advisor, Jalen Baker, man, that's the goat right there, man. That's my dog. Jalen okay. is doing so many amazing <laughs> things at, at, at St. Augustine's. He's going to be the president of, of an HBCU one day. And I can't wait to see it because the way that he's just communicating and advocating for you all, man, it's great to see that. And I just want every HBCU to have someone like Jalen, man. And there's someone like Jalen every HBCU, but we need more Jalens out there, man, because he's doing an amazing job. But Superstar. Yeah, yes. For sure. Graphics, all that, man. So shout out to Jalen. So let's get into you. So you miss St. Augustine's University. You just had your coronation. So how is your rain gone thus far? The rain actually is very interpersonal. I'm just really in tune with the freshmen. I live in the freshmen's dorm. I did this because I wanted to stay connected to my freshman young ladies and the young men that are right next to us. Um, I wanted to focus on this rain and making an impact. So right now we're just leveling up our student engagement. We're working with CAB. We're working with Royal Court, of course. We're working with all the surrounding other student organizations and we are leveling up our student engagement, engagement on campus and um, really just making sure that the school is being seen so that we can we can show the students that this is who we are as a community and it's actually playing fair. It's doing great so far. Um, the rain, actually the games have been wonderful. We've been doing great with our court, getting them together in our outfits. We made a couple TikToks. We have just really formed a bond and it's something new to me because being a queen, I've only served as a queen once and that was Miss Black and Gold 2019. Um, and before that, I was just totally SGA, Student Government Association, just politics. Um, so this is different. It's been going great. And I just can't wait to see what we do next. Exactly. And you and you were freshman class president 2018, 2019, and Miss Black and Gold 2019, 2020. And we posted you back then. I remember <laughs> you had DM'd the page and then we had posted you. So just to see the growth from that. So now you're being at St. Augustine's University and you're getting this national platform has been amazing. But I want to ask you this, and I'm asking all of my elected student leaders 
um, this today. I'm going to ask everybody this. It's been a drop off in students that want to run for SGA and for rural court around the nation. We've seen a lot of unopposed positions, but what I always preach, what I always say is that you get opportunities to grow and level up in your career as a student leader. So you've had these opportunities. You've had the opportunity to grow as a young woman, but also in your career politically, and also even getting this opportunity to get your student loans paid off. So what would you say to students that are thinking about running to be campus queen or king or SGA? What would you say to them after this moment? Man, first and foremost, I want to start off by saying never, ever, okay? Watch where I go with this. Never, ever let your life change your goals because it's your goals that will always and forever change your life. That no matter where you start off, if it's a little rocky in the beginning, it's okay because there's always an opportunity for you to challenge and change and learn and gain those lessons and blessings so that you can actually level up to your fullest potential to be a leader, no matter what that looks like. One thing in your montage that, you know, you said, and we played it before, um, is that, you know, you made it into SEU by one point and that was something that spoke to me because, you know, at Fort Valley, my HBCU, I took well, the compass test. Now, I don't think they do it anymore. I feel old. I don't think they do it anymore. But they, I took the compass test and I actually lost by one point. I'm like, oh, man, like I didn't pass this. Well, I don't know what I'm going to do next. And then, you know, my, my testing advisor said, take it again, Ms. Greg. And I took it again and I passed by one point. And I know for me, that moment made me want to push and just do great at Fort Valley. So did that moment of you getting to St. Augustine by one point, did that make you want to go and come for everything? Man, I promise you, I was a high school senior with the mindset of a college freshman, okay? I literally, that entire year of being a high school senior, I wanted to embody the fact that this same time next year, I'm going to be here. You know, that's what that one point um, truly gave me. So when I got to St. Augustine's University, I took off with it. That whole summer before I was on the university's campus, I was there for the first orientation. I came back to volunteer at the second orientation. Um, my, my home is actually only 50 minutes of a drive away. So I made sure to focus on coming back, making, making more uh, friendships and relationships with the staff, faculty, and then future students, because I really wanted to make this my home. Um, and just really take off with the fact that I finally got my foot in the door. Because the main focus was, I just need someone to put the key in the door. I will open it and I will go. I will take off. I will make you proud. This investment is worth it. Just pour into me. Give me this opportunity. And finally, after five or six, seven um, college uh, college letters that came in and said, no, I'm sorry, we can't help you. No, I'm sorry. Denial, denial, denial. Literally sitting at a basketball game as the manager recording the game at, at high school. I looked at my phone. I had an email from St. Augustine's University. They wanted me, man. Like they wanted to give me that shot. And I was so excited. I jumped out of the seat. I was just so thrilled um, just to share that the next day with my counselor who told me at the time that a community college was probably the only opportunity I could look at. That one point, that was that push. And you're right. You know, it just makes you want to go harder. So uh, how did that opportunity come about for you to be on Nick Cannon show? Absolutely. So I don't know if you uh, remember, but my school actually over the summer announced that they were paying off spring, summer and this fall of 2021's account balances that were left over for students. And because they did important to the students um, as the ambassador over the summer, I was here. Uh, they called me to do an interview with ABC 11 and Fox 50 and WRL. 
So we did the we did the interviews, you know, and and at the time I wasn't prepared. I was sitting down eating somewhere. They called me real quick, came, changed, put on what I had to put on, and got on the camera. You know, gave them regal. I gave them what they what they were asking. I answered the questions. Interview was done. Months later, I get a call, um, and she's like, "Is your name Mackenzie Isab? I'm calling to contact you. Uh, we have this opportunity, and we want to see. You know, we want to know more about you. You were able to share so much about your interview before." You answer these questions so, you know, so humbly, so poised. Can you tell us more? You know, and I was just like, wow, like they want to know about me. They want to know my story. OK, you know, so I set up the interview. I got on the Zoom call. And next thing you know, after paperwork got put in for student loans, uh, questions got answered, GPA and transcripts got turned in and I completed getting my vaccination and everything I needed to do to be able to be selected. I completed it within a, a timely frame. And I got a text message from the casting producer that, hey, you have been selected to go onto the show. And I had manifested that and I was just so excited. So it that's the journey. You know, that's the journey. <laughs> and you were up there in New York with some of your sensational seven members. You were in the studio with Jada, Sharanica, and Dewey. So, you know, just how, just yes. walk us through the appearance. So we, you're in New York, send so the story, you're in New York, you know, okay, so you got, got the cast a call and after homecoming, y'all go up there, right? So walk us through just right. that day, like just how was it? I was super nervous, you know, just being completely honest. I was super, first of all, that was my first time flying, okay? I was, was nervous. The traveling part, just super um, feeling like I was at risk. I didn't know what I was doing, but that's why I had Jalen come along. He definitely helped. So once we got to the studio, because mind you, we traveled on Monday. I mean, we traveled on Sunday. We didn't pre-record until Monday around 12-ish, maybe 1 o'clock. Um, everybody had their own time frame to show up to the studio. Uh, we knew that it was going to be six to seven students. We didn't know of who was going to be there. We didn't know each other before this opportunity. And so we get there, they COVID test us, you get your negative test after you sit in the room and wait for a while. Then you're able to go out and grab some snacks. The door is open to my little area. Me and Jalen are in there just taking pictures, living the moment, having a good time, talking to staff, faculty back and say, like, this is what's happening. You know, they're, they're engaged. Um, I have my sash on and I'm looking in the mirror, fixing myself up. And I look to my right as this beautiful young woman enters into the, the 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 area, and she's got on this beautiful red sash, the very same kind of cardigan I have on right now, but in red in Clark Atlanta. Right. And I, she, you know, she just was like Sister Queen. I was like, oh, it was it was wonderful. <laughs> so then after that moment, um, we we started talking some more, and we were trying to figure out like, okay, who's next? Who's coming? You know, like, did you know who? No, I don't know. You know, so we're just kind of having our moment. And we go into the dressing room to get our hair and makeup done. And we're just chatting, just chatting. Finally, we get our hair and makeup done. We come back. We're taking pictures. Um, and we are getting ready to go into the set. And this beautiful young young lady from Winston-Salem State University um, was in there getting her makeup done last. And so finally, she joined us and this very handsome young man from FAMU, Dewey. Such a gentleman, actually. He's part of the Marching 100. Shout out to him. Um and he actually joined us and he was such a gentleman, mind you. I say that again because he helped us down the stairs. And I was like, okay, you know, why aren't you a king? You know, because he he was such he was so sweet. Um, so then we entered into the set. You know, they took our phones, they lined us up, we got mic'd, we checked. Next thing you know, we were walking onto the set. And we looked to our right 
And as soon as we go to sit down, we look to our right and there's three prestigious students sitting there on the camera. And we're just so excited. There's people, live audience, looking at us, cheering us on, hyped by the crowd and the song that you've been playing. Like they were just ecstatic to see us as we were to see them. Um, And we just, we were just so excited, you know? And taking those brief moments where we had to pause and come back out of the show for the commercial breaks, we got to share that moment some more by just like, okay, guys, like I pulled us in. I was like, huddle up, huddle up. Like, you know, what do you think is about to happen? You know, like, did y'all get a little, you know, like a little feeling that we're going to probably get something uh, out of this? Like that, that, that something's about like God's going to like, we just had a feeling like God was going to do something. God was going to move and shake the room. And you were like, girl, you know, there actually was a time where she asked us, the casting producer, how much do we owe to graduate? And I remember her asking us that question. And so we reminded ourselves of it and we were like, okay, okay, we're not gonna say nothing though. Next thing you know, the cast of producer comes in with four pins. There was four of us. She comes in with four pins. We go back on stage, we sit down and everything else takes over. Wow. You really gave us the rundown. All right. It's, CDK got a bunny. You write your I show. gave you the narrative. You, you I had to. Hey, you got you to write around <laughs> an article or something because I felt like I was there. Like when you said, I saw a beautiful woman with red on. I saw Jada walk through the door. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> you real good chuck be there. All right. So let's get to the amazing yes. moment, right? When it was announced that he was paying off your student loans, you know, in collaboration with the Thurgood Marshall College Fund, the United Negro College Fund. And just the first face we saw was yours. If you if any ever had to go back and look at that video, the first face you see is like is, is McKenzie turning to be like, for real? So tell us how you felt and just your energy going into that. <laughs> Man, okay, so literally I am thrilled. I'm just moved. My entire body body starts like just feeling numb. Like, oh my God, this like I'm stuck almost. Like, cause everybody over there. On that side, I started hugging, and I'm just reaching over, like, somebody hug me right now, like, for real, because what is this moment? And I just didn't know how to process it. I'm going to be honest with you. I did not know how to process it because it wasn't until after the show was over that we had a second-round interview that it actually processed in my mind that, oh, my God, our student loans are paid off. Because at first, I and I'm going to be honest with you, Randall, I really only thought they when he had announced it, it was so much going on. It was so loud that he was yelling. I couldn't hear said he only paid off the rest of our tuition. So when we got into the room and and Jada was like, yeah, my credit score's been a boost, girl. I was like, what are you talking about? It's just our student tuition. And she's like, McKenzie, what are you talking Student loans, McKenzie. And I'm just like, huh? No, can't be. And they just looking at me and I'm just, just staring like, you know, I'm processing it. They're like, McKenzie. I said, y'all, I'm a late boy. Bloomer. I said, I really did not know this. You know, I really didn't click. It did not last one to find out for real. <laughs> so that's when my moment and my tears came. I didn't cry on stage. I don't know why I was supposed to because I'm a, I'm a very sensitive and, and emotional person. Um, but the the tears didn't come until after the fact. And I walked back into the room with Jalen as he was waiting. He was like, you all right? I was like, I did not know that the panel was Like, I, I don't got to go to the military so long now. Like, I, I can actually go and be in my career for real. Like, I don't have to. It was so funny, um, but it was worth it. I I enjoyed every bit of it. I, I got to give everybody a behind the scenes. So I just want y'all to know I'm very fanatical when it comes to show prep. 
So when I knew we were doing this interview, I saw, I think that same day, I think it was on Tuesday, you did an interview at the radio station. That was your first interview after the show. So I heard yes. you tell that story. And in my mind, I was like, that is such a Jada thing to say. Where is the, oh, my credit score going to be so good. It's going to be 800. Jada's watching right now on Instagram, live on, on, on post. And I'm like, that's such a Jada thing to say. Jada really said that. All right. So how has life been for you after your appearance on the show? You know, I really have just been so engaged with the community of Raleigh and the Triangle. Um, WRAL came by, ABC 11, um, and then another one was with the radio station. And I think that I'm missing something. Us, right now. So, um, <laughs> so we, we, I, we've been on a roll, man. It's just been one after the other. They just want to know. They want to feel that same experience that we were able to, to, to share with the Sensational Seven, and I want to give that. You know, I want, because I feel as though, yes, that we as a Sensational uh, Seven were blessed, but I want you to know my HBCU is going to be affected from this because we, our names are out there. So the more shows and the more interviews that I can do just to make sure that they see and hear how we feel from this um, is, is just so amazing. Being, you know, not, not only getting your student loans paid off, but being in the media, how do you think it's going to help you in furthering your brand as a politician? You know, within politics, everything is about face. Everything is about what you say and do, how you use your face and your voice, one and in, in, in hand in hand, as CDK said. Everything's going to go hand in hand. Currently, I'm interning for our district's Congresswoman, Deborah Ross, who is a proud supporter under Elma Adams, who is a bigger supporter of HBCUs. Um, and being in the office every day, working with them, and then being here on campus as Miss SAU, all the things right now are in a pivotal way of aligning my path towards politics. I don't know when and I don't know how this is going to take off for me when politics come. But I do know that I'm going to be at an age range where I'm going to be wise enough to remember all of these wonderful things that have happened and how to return this same investment to the constituents and to the, um, the, the, the service members and to the people who have poured into us as a village. And I think that it's really going to be remembered um, the moment when my face got on the camera, my mouth's wide open. I was I'm ecstatic, you know, like they're going to remember that. And I think that they're going to be like, OK, McKenzie, what do you want to do right now? Now that this has happened, you know, you're a politician. You've just won, you know, speaking this to existence, you've just won for Congress. What do you want to do next? I want to go visit every HBCU. I want to know what do they need. I want to walk through those dormitories. I want to walk through those STEM buildings, those business buildings. I want to know how can we pull together with our bills and actually make a change on these universities? Because who else is going to do this? Like you said, I was on here with you since the beginning. Nick Cannon just did it. We've been sitting here wondering since pandemic started in 2020, who's going to help take care of the student debt? Yes, they may have canceled the interest rates that's, that were happening, which accumulate every day. You know, I might have mentioned that it was 34000 but it was 30000 before they even interviewed me, mm. you know? And God knows what it is right now. It just continuously accumulates, and our students what? are being affected every day, and I just want to make sure. Well, I know for you it's zero now, okay? <laughs> what is, it's zero in your account, all right? So I just, we know that. <laughs> yeah, it is. But going to law school, we be back on track with the same, same thing. And that's why I said even, and I've been talking about this with some of my deans and my advisors is like, you know, what is God doing right now? Because when God moves mountains, he moves mountains. And you're just trying to figure out, okay, should I stand still or should I keep moving? You know, and, and I was like, okay, Mackenzie, when you graduate, you know your plans. You want to go to college. You want to go to law school. You want to commission it to the Air Force. You want to be an attorney for the Air Force. Then in about 15 to 20 years, you'll be about 45 years old and you can run for Congress. You know, that's more respectable age and military will help you along that way. But, you know, it's like, 
do you want to still do that? You know, can you, do you have to stay in the military that long? Because the military was going to pay for my, my college debt. Wow. The military was going to do that for me. I thought, I mean, they, they didn't promise me that. That's what's in my mind. If I work hard enough for four years here, I can live for the rest of my life. But the military was going to help pay that off little bit by little bit. But now that that's been wiped away and God took that plate off my shoulders and that was that breath of fresh air that it came from. Um, so, yes, definitely that part has just been a thrill, man. I just still trying to figure it out to this day. I honestly. feel it. I feel it. And and like you said, I said earlier to, um, today is that these politicians need to do the same thing because it's, it's, it's so crazy to me that you have celebrities that have all of this money that do this. And we've called them to do it and Nick did it and other celebrities have done it. And we have politicians in a democratic Senate and a democratic Congress and a democratic president and we're not getting it done. And I spoke about it before on Pulse. We know Mnuchin and all of them. You know, we know, we know who's, who's, who's blocking it, all right? But we just need it to happen. So just to have this happen to you, I think it's really pivotal, especially if you wanted to be in Congress, because you because you're gonna know by the time you're 45, you're gonna feel how it feels to have that burden lifted off of you and not having to pay student loans. So I really appreciate you coming on, Mackenzie. So I want to ask you, where can we find you on social media? So you can just tap my name, Mackenzie T. Estep. You can also find me on the same platform on Facebook. I share the same content. I'm pretty well-rounded all over. And then you can also find me on TikTok uh, sharing fun videos with you all on Kenzo from the O, because I am from Ohio. I was raised in Rocky Mount, but I am from Ohio. So thank you so much, Randall. I greatly appreciate this opportunity. Not only are you helping me, but my institution to get this type of story out there. Thank you so much for all that you do for HBCUs. Uh, we too at SA, you really just wanted to show you that we do greatly appreciate it. So thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Love SAU. Y'all are doing your thing and they need to follow your TikTok because you going up, man. That, that, that TikTok is going crazy. I'll be seeing the TikToks now, Mackenzie. But I have a Kenzie. You know. Talk to you later. Thank you so much for coming on. All right, everyone. So next up, we're going to be talking to SGA president of Texas Southern University, D'Angelo Couture. He is amazing. It's crazy because he's a part of the Pulse audience and we've seen him grow into this SGA president that he is today by proxy of the coverage that we've done at Texas Southern and what he's done in SGA. So check out his story on the Nick Cannon Show. I was raised in a single parent household where my mom always had to work two jobs. I wanted to attend an institution where I am not seen as the minority, but seen as the majority. And that was a moment yes, where you actually thought about dropping out and because you couldn't afford it, man. Uh, how did you manage to stay? Well, yeah, it definitely, there was a time period where I did kind of want to drop out just because it became very difficult between classes and having a low resources of grants and scholarships. But upon um, being elected um, student body president, I was able to be blessed with the opportunity to, one, have different benefits, such as I received free room and board as well, along with free meal plan. Mm for housing, so I have to pay for, as well as being connected with different resources on campus, such as financial resources, scholarships, and other opportunities to where it would help me financially, um, pay for, as well as, you know, just pay for certain necessities in life. And man, D'Angelo is really doing his thing. And just to see an SGA president up there is so amazing. Like I said, it's a different vibe seeing student leaders that we've covered on HBCU Pulse on that big screen, man. So really quickly, can I turn up for D'Angelo real quick? Cause it is homecoming for him, right? I gotta turn up real quick, TSU. Oh! D'Angelo, he moved on that Zoom. Got his student loans paid off. 
He's debt free. It's homecoming. I can't rap, but it don't matter. It's about to run D'Angelo right now, man. So shout out to Texas Southern. They're homecoming, going up for homecoming. And D'Angelo, man, made it happen in a big way. And he's graduating debt free. So shout out to D'Angelo, man. Shout out. Let's bring him on right now. You listen to Pulse Radio. How's it going? Good, man. How's everything been with you, man? Huh, everything's been going good. You know, we just finished our homecoming, so we still, you know, uh, you know, recovering from that. But everything has been going good. How, how about you? Man, I'm amazing, and I know your week has been great because first is Texas Southern's homecoming. Then on top of that, you got your student loans paid off, man. So how does that feel? How, do, how does that? How you feeling? Homecoming and then student loans paid off. You know, really, to be honest, like, 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 I, I just feel so blessed, and I'm still in shock because whenever um I was invited to attend a show, I had no idea like what what was going to happen. I'm thinking, okay, you know, I, I see the opportunity to you know be on the Nick Cannon show. Still grateful for that. But whenever he announced that um he was paying our student loans off, that just that just topped everything off, and I'm just still in shock. But truly, I'm very, very grateful, not only for myself, but for the other members of the Sensational Seven. I'm just so glad that we were all able to truly um, be a part of that blessing. Right. So before we go to, you know, your experience on the Nick Cannon show, I do want you to talk about Texas Southern's homecoming. So how has it been? I can truly say uh, Texas Southern Homecoming was definitely great. It was um, with us being one of the first HBCUs to have it so early, definitely it was a good turnout. I'm very excited. Um, for our concert, we had, of course, um, G Herbo, Mon um, yeah, Mona Leo, and then for the comedy show, Desi Banks. And definitely, I think a lot of students lo love the Desi Banks comedy show. Very good. Just really, the whole entire week was a big success, it's especially planning a homecoming during COVID. I can truly say it's, it's not the easiest. It's really not. The fact that we're really worked together and pull that off, I'm, I'm glad we did. Did Parlay show up? I want to put. Uh Parlay showed up to to the to, to the to, to the comedy show. I didn't see him. I didn't see him. Okay. I didn't see. Him. I, I just want to parlay my dog, man. Parlay my dog, man. You know, I, I got I got to tell you about parlay, man. But I know Texas Southern always has amazing homecomings, and one of the best takeovers we've ever done with Pulse. We were really doing takeovers was back in 2019 when it was Marcus, it was Kanaya, it was the whole entire crew, and they did the takeover for homecoming back then. So. I appreciate that because that was one of the best takeovers of all time, you know? So I can only imagine how lit it was even with the COVID restrictions, but let's get back to you. All right. So you were featured on Nick Cannon's show and they gave a snippet of your college journey. So I want you to take us through your journey from a freshman to now your SGA president. Uh, so definitely my college journey was definitely, um, it, it, it was definitely a roller coaster, but I'm very grateful for it because coming from a very rural, small town, um, you know, it was definitely a culture shock because I always wanted to attend the HBCU. And so it was just more so, okay, like which HBCU do I want to attend? That's going to truly help me mold myself as a person because as in high school, I was a very extroverted person, but also it was so certain things that I feel like that I need to be molded and, and grow into. And so when choosing an HBCU, I, I, I was thinking about what school is going to truly give me the tools to be that successful person. 
And from my journey from freshman year to now, I will say at first it was a little nerve wracking because, you know, I came by myself, uh, trying try to meet new, new, new people, see what kind of crowd I fitted in. And then even um, with a, a little preview of it in the show, there were times where I even did were thinking about um, dropping out of school just because sometimes it did get a little hard. But through the grace of God and through amazing support, such as not only Marcus, my future predecessor, Kanaya, my advisors, and so many people that truly supported and loved me throughout the process, definitely um, I was able to get through it. And to even now, being um, the 74th SJ president, everything has been a great journey, and I don't regret none of the decisions that I made. So this is something that I asked Mackenzie earlier. So I've seen a lot of drop-off within student leadership. Is folks are not running for the positions at a lot of different schools. You saw unopposed races. SGA was very prevalent. A lot of folks weren't running for SGA positions. So you had this amazing opportunity this past week with Nick Cannon being on the show and then getting your student loans paid off. And then it's homecoming and you're showing face. People are speaking to you. Everyone's showing you love. So with everything that's happened to you thus far as SGA president, what would you say to students to encourage them to run for a position such as SCA president, such as Mr. or Miss Texas Southern? What would you tell them? So some words of encouragement that I would give to them is one, um, just always make sure that that it's a service for self. That's one of the biggest mottos that uh, me and my cabinet members live by is always service before self. Because especially being a student leader in a pandemic, it's, it hasn't really been easy. But one of the things that truly keeps us going and driving is the fact that there are students that look up to us and admire the work that we do. And even a few of my mentees, you know, I always check in with them every day, give them the guidance that I can. Even they say, truly, because um, you have truly put so much effort into me and you see something in me, like, I truly appreciate that. And it even encourages them to not only get involved, but run for positions, know what's happening around campus and just things like that. And also um, another piece of advice that I want to give to anyone who's looking to run for positions, whether it's SJ president, Mr. or Miss, or even if you're just running for any kind of a lower position, is always truly uh, just make sure that your intentions are for the student body. And I think that's so key. Because what I want students to see is that you get benefits from being in the position. You get the opportunity to network, you know, be on big platforms such as the Nick Cannon show. And then it's just such a resume building and it gets you where you need to be. Because look at Vice President Kamala Harris. You can go from SGA and then you're in the White House. But I want to talk about that with you because you want to be the governor. You said that in the montage. So I got to ask you this, like, was your motivation to get active in SGA, was it also centered around you wanting to have a political future? So um, at first, it actually wasn't. So I joined SGA again because I was in student council back in high school. So I wanted to join something that was similar to student council, but I'm still more hands-on with, you know, making change and uh, truly just serving the student body. And so at first, when I first joined, it wasn't my intentions. But then around the time that I was executive vice president last year um, under Kanaya's term as SJ president, um, I was invited to certain speaking events with um, our Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee. Even a few times when Kamala Harris came down for rallies to Houston, that's when it actually started encouraging me to want to go for political office one day. And then especially with all of the voter suppression that's happening within Texas and then the other things happening in the state legislature, I'm like, you know what, if I can truly uh, maintain as SJ president, I feel like I can go bigger home, just like Kamala Harris. So that's when I've been having in my mind ever since. I want to be the first African-American governor of Texas. And we need to, Abbott got to go. Okay, listen, Abbott, Abbott got to go, exit stage left, all right? Because 
it is too much that's going on in Texas, and it's a lot going on in the government right now with COVID restrictions and everything going on. Of course, in Texas, abortion. So we definitely need people that can understand their constituents and that can understand what the people that live in the state are going through. So I think that's admirable. But I have to ask you this, because you talked about voter suppression. So how is everything from this past year? And mind you, I'm talking about COVID. I'm talking about George Floyd and everything that's going on this year. Like, has it affected your desire to run for governor? You know, it actually has actually encouraged me and motivated me even more to be governor. Because one, um, when looking at Stacey Abrams in her time in 2019 and the change she made, even when she lost the um, governor's race, she still made so much impact within Georgia whenever it flew for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And so even now, seeing uh, with the George the George Floyd um, situation, all the marches and protests that happened within Houston, and even what happened within um, Governor Abbott and his reaction to COVID, it motivated me more because, one, it shows that truly our people, like, we can make a change. We can definitely be the change. We just need that person to truly lead us and guide us and show us that anything can happen. Because if it can happen in Georgia, I know for a fact that it, ha- it can happen in Texas. Yeah, I thought it would. I'm telling you, I thought it would. I thought this was going to be the election where Texas turned blue and Georgia pulled through. It had to be one, it had to be either Georgia, Florida, or Texas. And I'm in Georgia from making Georgia. So I got a chance to vote for John Ossoff, Raphael Warnock, Joe Biden, and we made it happen. So I know if anything, Texas is next. But let's get to you on the Nick Cannon show. So how'd you get the opportunity to get on Nick Cannon? So um, actually, one of my classmates who's also um, a senior with me, um, she actually reached out to me saying, Hey, D'Angelo, um, it's uh, uh, someone from um, the Nick Cannon's um, production team that was looking for male student leaders on TSU's campus because they, they want to interview them. And so at, at the time I was thinking about it, I'm like, oh, sure, definitely. I would love to. Until I, I, I read it again, I'm like, wait, what, Nick Cannon? And so uh, so because of that um, uh, that blessing opportunity, my classmate connected me with one of his staff members. Uh, we had like a pre-interview section just going over basically uh, me as a person, my childhood, how I got from here, from Childhood's TSU, now is SGA president, and his production team loved me. And so ever since then, I was able to be on the show. I love that, man. And it's all about networking. And you had the opportunity from networking, but also it helped that you have an amazing story and that you're in this position and you grew into the SGA president, that most powerful student on campus. So walk us through your appearance on the show, because you were not in New York, but you were on Zoom with CDK and Marie. So just walk us through your appearance, how you were feeling as you were logging into the Zoom and talking with Nick. How are you feeling? Really, I was very, I was very nervous. I mean, I was excited, but I was also a little nervous because I'm like, okay, it's a Nick Cannon show. I got to make sure I not only represent my HBCU but also represent myself the best way possible. And then ever since um, we started the conversation going, um, my, my nerves kind of uh, loosened up a little bit, and it, it was it was just a great experience. Nick is a very cool person. He seems very chill. Very um, personable, someone I, you could definitely talk to, and the whole entire time it was just a great experience. Even though I wish I could be, I could have been in New York, but again, it was homecoming week, so had to do a virtual option. I was still just very glad that um, they reached out to me and made it to where I can still at least be on the show. So when he announced that your student loans were paid off, like we all see Jada, we see Shay, and you know we see Dewey and Mackenzie, how they were just turned in New York, but the emotion on Marie, CDK, and your face, that was noteworthy as well. So walk us through that moment when he said, 
I'm partnering with the Thurgood Marshall College Fund and other scholarship providers to pay off your student loans. You're going to graduate debt free. How did that feel? Uh, not gonna lie, I, I, I got 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 a little tear eyed um, at that moment when he said it, and then of course uh, when we went on break afterwards, I just I just had I had a come to Jesus moment because that moment just truly showed that all of the hard work has paid off, all of the the blood, the sweat, and the tears, just everything that I've been working so hard for, it definitely paid off. And in that moment, I'm like, you know what, God blessed me with this, and it shows that I can accomplish anything. Wow, and I, it's just been. That moment gives me chills just to see it even still because I know what that meant. Because as someone that is a graduate of Fort Valley State University, I am currently paying my student loans. So I know how I would feel if someone said, listen, you don't have to worry about the rest of your student loans. And it gives you a clean slate when you graduate. It gives you a clean slate just to go after your dreams, your political aspirations, because oftentimes student loans are such a burden. And also, that's why I told Mackenzie earlier, like she wants to be a politician as well. She wants to be in Congress. So now you know how it feels to have your student loans off your back. So when you get in that position, you know what you got to do, all right? You know what you got to do. You know what needs to happen with the lobbying and all of that. Everybody in San Texas, everybody goes to an HBCU, student loans off. Student loans off. Student loans off. Student loans off. Don't let me be. I'm going to sign so many executive orders, man. Every Texas Southern student, no more student loans, all right? Don't play with me. Don't play with me. You get a homework stipend, too. We're doing your homework on time. Come on. Don't play with me. Homework stipends, more HBCU funding, all that. Man, you play with me, I'm going to te- give Texas Southern an unlimited homecoming budget courtesy of the state. Drake done made a song called TSU. We're bringing Drake to TSU if I'm governor. <laughs> don't, don't play with me, man. Oh, man. But in general, like, what has life been like for you after the Nick Cannon show? After um, the show aired, it has been, it's been, it's, it's been incredible. Like, during homecoming week, I had so many students especially alumni that came to me like, oh, I'm so proud of you. Definitely putting TSU on the map. Even um, our new 13th president of Texas State University, Dr. Alicia Crampton-Young, she called me and so she said, I am so incredibly proud of you for truly receiving this blessing as well as representing TSU and truly fighting for the student body. Like, it's just it has been so amazing. Even still till today, I'm getting text messages, phone calls, even um, students and faculty members come up to me saying, I'm so proud of you. It's just, everything has just been so, and so incredible. And now I'm definitely ready to truly um, uh, work, work even harder to see what I can do for my student body after this. And you said something pivotal that leads to one of my last questions. As SGA president, the SGA president has, you know, the fiscal power to make changes on campus through the Constitution and through SGA and the Senate. But you also have the responsibility to be a face and to go out there and tell the story of Texas Southern and how Texas Southern really empowered you and changed your life. So how do you think your appearance on the Nick Cannon show helped you advance your mission as SGA president? I feel that me being on a show it enhanced my mission by one, just getting that exposure that Texas Southern needed, especially coming out of COVID, because my platform was called Force, uh, focusing on rebuilding the college experience. And so with my, with me being on the show, bringing that exposure, it now shows that, oh my God, I can go to a place like TSU where I provided the same opportunities that I provided at Clark or FAMU, this and that, knowing that I can truly um, have that network and do amazing things. And so definitely I think that 
it helped my platform so much because now not only am I encouraging um, of those other little boys and girls that are looking up to me, but I now know that I just brought that exposure and brought that asset tool that my university needed in order to help go forward. Man, we love to see it, man. And I'm super proud of you. Like, when I saw that you were on the show, because as you, you know, like, we assisted in getting, you know, Ms. Clark and Lange Jetta Jenkins on the show. She's our queen ambassador. And I didn't know who else was on there. I knew CDK was, and we got Jada mm -hmm. on there. But I didn't know McKenzie was going to be there. I didn't know you were going to be there. Because to see, like, student leaders that we've covered before, that we've seen on Pulse before, to see you all get that monumentous opportunity on Nick Cannon's show. And I really look up to Nick Cannon as an entertainer, as a businessman, as a media mogul. So just to see that, it was such a different feeling. So I'm super proud of you seeing you from when you were vice president and seeing like, you know, the other stuff as we were growing and now you're SGA president and you're starting off your life free of the weight of student loans. I think that's powerful and that's a blessing, man. So overall, like, what would you want to tell students about the brilliance of Texas Southern? You know, Texas Southern, amazing HBCU. It's homecoming week. So what would you want to tell the audience about why Texas Southern is so amazing? Texas Southern is very amazing because, one, just the enriched culture, culture and history of the university, being one of the only um, HBCU, independent HBCUs in the state of Texas, and then also having amazing alumni such as the Honorable Barbara Jordan, uh, Mickey Leland, Yolanda Adams, truly very famous noble alumni, and just all of the rich culture and history that we've had from the protests and marches that's happened on our campus on how TSU students uh, led led of the march to Austin, Texas, to the state capitol uh, to change uh, the legislation that happened within the state. Just so much history and culture and activism that Texas Seven has. I can truly say that is the reason why I love my HBCU. I love, again, the support, just the fact that um, it's so many giants and, and legends that, uh, and names that we have to truly, uh, you know, and keep on holding that standard. That's why I would say Texas Southern is truly the best HBCU to me. I think that was powerfully said. And one time for Michael Strahan, you know, it's the yeah. NFL season, man. And Michael Strahan is doing such an amazing job, NFL on Fox, and also working with ABC. He's really putting on. He makes sure he always shouts out TSU. So, man, shout out to Texas Southern. Happy homecoming to you all. And D'Angelo, one last thing. Where can we find you on social media? Uh, for those that want to follow me, you can find me on Instagram at D'Angelo Coulter. That's the same for my Twitter page. I love it. I love it. And listen, we I need people to go on and, and donate to that governor fund for D'Angelo so he can run for the governor of the state a Texas first black governor. Because y'all got student loans paid off. You don't got to worry about the loans. The loans is, we're going to push that to the side. All right. Now I need y'all to go on and fill up that fund because we need it. Because we need to make a change in the system. And I think that you're the person that's going to make us have that change. All right. But thank you so much for coming on, D'Angelo. Let's talk about Sharanica, a.k.a. Shay. All right. If you've seen Shay's story, you know she's living her best life off of this moment. And it's so amazing to see and I want you guys to check out her story because it really touched me, man. It looks like it touched Nick too, you know, as he heard it. So check out her story. I was homeless. My aunt was trying to get me into a new high school. So we went to talk to the counselor and she was like, she doesn't have the GPA, it's not gonna happen. She's not going to college. Told me I can't do it. Oh yeah, I'm gonna do it. Well, I feel like as a first generation college student, I'm very excited. It feels like the world is 
finally gonna see the person that I've been my whole life. He proved that I'm not dumb, I'm not stupid, I'm educated. This is really full circle for me. I just, I always wanted to be someone who was able to tell my story because there is a little girl out there who's gonna be watching. And she's gonna be trying to figure out how she can be in the position I'm in. And I'm gonna tell her, listen, you just gotta do it. The Sharandica, yes. now, uh, you said you were once homeless yes. and that people told you that you would never even graduate high school. How did you stay so strong through it all? Nick, all I can say is that God carried me through because honestly, <laughs> being somebody, I didn't have my parents. They told me that the school that I attend now, I wasn't going. Not only did I, I wasn't getting in, I wasn't going. Mm. And then I said, you know what, Lord, I really want to fight for this. So I worked hard, and then I met you in 2018 at and Out. <laughs> and you said, you know what, follow your dreams, just go for it. And I said, Nick, I don't know when I'm going to go, but one day I'm going to be on your show. And here I am. And that's manifestation like crazy. So we're going to bring on Sharanica in one second. But I wanted, for everyone that's just tuning in, I wanted to play for you all the moment that they found out that their student loans were being paid off by Nick. So we got to play that really quickly, and then we're going to bring on Shay, all right? I'm going to be honest with y'all. I was so moved by all of y'all's stories and the obstacles that you've overcome that I got to help out. So our show has partnered with some of the biggest national scholarship providers, such as the Thurgood Marshall College Fund, to grant each of you a scholarship to cover your outstanding education loan balance. You heard it right. Once you earn your college degree, we're wiping out your personal student debt. Every single penny. Giving you that first start. The future is yours. You're going to make us all proud. They're going to make us all proud, man. So it's just, you got to hear that to get yourself in the zone. So let's go on and bring on Shay. You listen to Pulse Radio. Shay. Well, praise the Lord. <laughs> hey, everybody. How you doing, yes, Shay? Sir. I'm doing fine. How are you? Good, good. Excited to talk to you because you're just living your best life. I see okay. with the glasses on. Yes, I see yes. the see the curtains in the background. Oh yeah! Just tell, tell us, tell us how you feeling right now, Shay. Feeling immaculate. Jesus is real. <laughs> oh yeah! And, and you, you, you hear the, you hear the SAT words, the the WSSU words. You hear you're immaculate. Are you feeling immaculate? immaculate. <laughs> I'm feeling immaculate. Mm. And listen, y'all, y'all know Rick do. It's the first one. I said, I'm putting on that good old Nick Cannon sweater, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first. I can't keep running to that bookstore 30 minutes away to get some shirts. Well, you, 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 got, you got the money because you're still long paid off. Got money. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Listen, listen, y'all. I ain't there yet. I'm still a teacher. Shout out to Trey Club, my students. Okay, that's going to be there on Monday, baby. I got to do what to do. <laughs> I feel it. I feel it. So listen, we got to start with this, just the energy. Okay. I've been okay. watching your story all week, and it's just been like, <laughs> and, and you know, one of my favorite songs this year has been Marvin Sapp, My Testimony. You know what I'm saying? I'll be playing that every day. So mm -hmm. and when I look at your story, I see a testimony. So just how has it been? I want to I start just from the from the bottom of how I asked CDK and McKenzie, like how things were, how things have been since the show. How have things been for you since the show? Y'all, it's been crazy. Like, okay. 
I feel like I'm the ruby in the rough. I'm the hidden vessel. You know, I'm hiding in plain sight. Because I'm at everything at my school, but nobody really knows me. You know, I got a platform. Now, I like to groove and do my own thing. So people who know me know that I be just like, what, that, that, that. But, like, as far as, like, being out there, it's it's kind of like, wait a minute. what? How is this happening? So seeing my name, I used to Google my name randomly just for fun. And I would see, like, uh, my Facebook. But now I'm seeing Shrana Commit, Cap, Nick Cannon, whoop whoop And then I'm seeing, like, celebrities that I love and just seeing them on the same article as me on the Google. I said, Jesus, my Lord, I know I asked you to open the door. I didn't say bust it wide open. No goodness. Can't breathe. <laughs> I feel that it's just been so much energy and you just been, you've been just living through it and living just by, just that moment, man. And it's just so crazy. And then even just your stories, it's like, you know, with, with you, like, because, you know, of course, you know, we know Jade, we know McKenzie, we know CDK, because they, they've been familiar, you know, with the Pulse brand. But just hearing your story was so amazing because it was a story of triumph. So I want you to tell us about your experience at Winston-Salem after your counselor said what she said. You know, because I, I asked McKenzie the same thing. Is you know, McKenzie got in St. Augustine's by one point, and I asked, did that motivate you? So especially for you being being homeless and then also gearing that negativity, did that motivate you to go for everything at Winston-Salem? Listen, before we even get to Winston-Salem, because that wasn't even my first school, mm. I got accepted at Bennett College after they denied me, but we got to run it back farther than that. Okay. So basically... Um, I was a homeless youth. I had, I was living in a one bedroom apartment and it was six of us and there were missing necessities. And eventually I ended up being neglected by my parents, never had a father, but my aunt and uncle took me, they raised me. I went from being the sad, weird overlook. Cause you know, my personality's always been big. So it's like, sometimes now y'all are hearing my story, but back in the day when I was getting picked on, I was feeling literally like nothing. My aunt and uncle said, no, we're going to go to church. We're going to raise you up. We're going to take you to school. So I moved in with them. And it was literally a time where I remember specifically I laid on the floor. And my uncle came in the room and he said, you have a bed now. Get up. Get in this bed. Pick your head up. You are a queen. So we went to the school because my um, I'm a first generation college student. When this began, nobody in my family was actually even in school. They weren't in college, nothing. Since then, everyone has ventured off and, you know, got a step closer to their goals. And I'm so proud of everyone. So basically, the counselor was like, what school do you even want to go to? And I was like, well, my uncle always wanted me to go to Winston-Salem State, you know, in the Winston-Salem State 336. So I was like, I need to go there. What I got to do? So she said, okay. She went like this. Um, I don't think so. Even if you got all straight A's, you're not going. I was like, well, can you check again? I, I want to go. <laughs> she was like, you're still not going. Um, Yeah, maybe a community college, but realistically, you, your GPA is nothing. Like, you're not going to school. You should stop now. You're not going to graduate high school. You need to do an extra year in high school, and we don't see it going for you. My aunt looked me in her face right in front of that lady and said, we ain't listening to her because we serve Jesus. You are going to college. We gonna do this extra year. I was so mad. I was like, bro, I'm gonna be with little kids. Dang. But I'm tiny anyway. So I was like, it's okay. We can do it. Class of 2017. So, so as time moved on, I ended up moving schools, prospering. I started making connections. I always held on to my dream of college. I still didn't know how I was gonna do it. I graduated state certified as a teacher in North Carolina. Um, so I was like, you know what? I might as well just be a teacher. I remember specifically on... Um, you know, just I remember being with 
my English teacher and crying on college application day because everybody was like, oh yeah, I'm going here, I'm going there. It was honors English. And I'm sitting there like, I'm going probably to work at McDonald's again or Zaxby's because I don't see, this ain't, this ain't going to work for me. So I ran out the library, I started crying. She was like, what's wrong? And I was like, I'm not going to school. I'm not gonna be like the rest of these people. I don't care how hard I work. It's my senior year and they're excited. And I'm at the lows of the low. She said, I'm going to fight for you. We're going to work for this. And then I applied to Bennett. They denied me. My uncle was a director there. They said, I'll resubmit because she's been working here in the program. Let's do it. So I learned about HBCUs. They molded me. And then I said, well, you know what? I put a little sticker on the back of my phone. I said, WSSU. I put my little cards and I said, I know where I'm headed. I'm on that. So bringing it forward, um, 2018 came around. Now it was about, I was still trying to teeter to transfer, but I loved my HBCU. I said, black people, we up. Ah. <laughs> so then um, I had the opportunity to meet Nick Cannon at Wild and Out backstage. Now listen, I was a Wild and Out fanatic. Mm. I said, Jiggle, what about you? <laughs> I said, you know, I sing a little bit, I hum a little bit. Oh. And then I was like, okay, went to the show. Now I met Darren Brand. I'm like, you gonna remember me? I'm gonna be famous one day. He was like, no, you're not. I'm like, I just wait. Ooh. I walked in, and Nick was standing right there, and I was like, yo, this is it. You gotta be you. Like, so I walked up. You know what would people do if they meet the Nick Cannon? Like, what would you do if you met the Nick Cannon? You would say, hello, sir. How are you doing? <laughs> I said, what's up, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> like, who does that? I walked up to him and he was like, hey, I was like, my name is Shay. We took a picture. And then we were like, the person I was with, we were like, how do you follow your dreams? How do you go for it? And Nick was like, just go for it. Don't let nobody hold you back. Do that. Follow your dreams. I said, Nick, my name is Shay. I'm going to be in your show one day. Remember me. My name is Shay. And he was like, okay, I got you. Your name is Shay. I said, okay. How did you get the opportunity to be on Nick Cannon? Because you manifested it. You told Nick, listen, I'm going to be on your show one day. So how did you get the opportunity to be on the show? Like, you know, like, like was it a, a call? Did they see your social media? Like, what was it that got you on the show? So, again, the ruby in the rough has been a hidden gem. I was on social media one day, and I see Nick Cannon was like, be a guest on his little, uh, his Instagram page. You know, promote his show. Way before the show was syndicated, this was like, when we, there was like showing little, little silly clips. So I was like, you know what? How crazy would it be if it was me? So I was at work. I made sure my students were taken care of. It was during their nap time. Got them laid down. I said, that's about to follow her dream. I grabbed my phone. I went on the website and I put in a simple little note. Like, I would like to thank Nick Cannon for pouring into my dreams. I am now an honor student because I listened to him. And I go to the dream school they said I couldn't go to. Just a simple little email on the page. Sent it in. Boom. So then next thing I know, the next day I had ordered something on Amazon. Cause you know, when you send something in, you got to check your email and try to like find it. Like, okay, hold on. I know it's out on the route. And then I remember it was like Nick Cannon something, something. I was like, maybe that's just the syndicated email that they send to everybody. So I clicked on it and I was like, hold on. Y'all said there might be opportunity for me. I scheduled, I, it was like an email to contact the person. So I was like, oh yeah, Jesus, I'm going to respond ASAP. They were very respectful. Shout out to Drea, um, the producer. So I was able to talk to her. I scheduled my lunch break the next day. I said, oh, I need to be on the phone where I can talk and hear. And I got up there and I explained to her my situation. And I explained to her 
about my encounter with Nick Cannon. And she was like, do you have pictures? Do you have videos? I said, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I can see what you need. They never gave me a direct yes. It was always okay. You know, they called this person to confirm that. And it was a very thorough situation because I'm sure you can't get on national TV talking about you met him and blah, 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 without being facts. But God made sure I had files for that because he knew that somebody needed to hear it, that your dreams are not far from, from reach. Eventually, I was out to lunch with one of my coworkers, my sister Natalia, and we were eating and I got a text message and it was like, are you vaccinated? I said, oh yeah, <laughs> I got that. What's up? What it is? And she was like, I was like, so what's the overview? You know, well, if you're approved, you know, it's going to be an HBCU thing. Um, other students, shout out to the Sensational Seven. You guys will be coming out and flying you out. We'll be talking about your story. So I started screaming for that. I was in the middle of IHOP parking lot, screaming my head off like Jesus. So then that night I was laying in bed and I prayed and I said, God, if this is me and you and we're doing this, I need a sign. Andrea texted me that minute and said, we're going to fly you out. I said, Jesus, now again, I can't. Okay. And then from there, it just became gradually amazing. I was able to talk to my job and get time off. I said, I said, wait a minute, y'all flying me out, all expense paid. I was laid up in the hotel bed. The TV said, good morning, Sharandica, good night. I I'm walking down Broadway, making my way downtown. Walking down. I was jealous. I was living my life. I was so excited because this is something that a little girl who used to stare at the TV, singing around the house, just crying and dreaming. Like, I'm at school, stomach hungry, and I'm sitting here like, one day, I'm going to show the world that the Ruby is here. And Nick Cannon did that for me, and I'm so grateful. Thank you, Uncle Nick, if you watch it. <laughs> And he was watching the stories, so he might check this out. But, you know, I really appreciate you. So real quick, before we go, tell everybody where they can find you on social media. Y'all can find me at Shay underscore on Instagram. Shay, S-H-A-E-E underscore, and then S-H-A-E-E underscore one on TikTok. Y'all can find me on Boise under Royal Reign. I'll put that on my story because that's a lot to spell right now. And then, actually, I'm revamping my YouTube channel, Keep It Classy, Classy with a K. And y'all, oh, just wait for the vlog. It's crazy. But I want to thank you guys for having me, you know, letting me give this platform, have a voice, you know, because God is moving in ways that I don't even imagine right now. But I know there's a story and there's somebody. I just want to inspire one person. That's why on Monday I will be at my old high school talking with my English teacher's class because I need them to know that dreams do matter. And anybody that I can talk to and tell dreams do matter. So we're going to keep the ball rolling. All right. So next up. All right. Fam, you. We already know FAMU has been the hot trending topic because of homecoming, but you got to get into the amazing students that FAMU produces. And a perfect example is Marie. Marie's story on Nick Cannon was so powerful, especially with her wanting to be a civil rights attorney. So that's something I definitely want to get into. But first, let's hear her story on Nick Cannon's show. I just graduated with my bachelor's and my master's. I left Miami with $300 and a dream. My father wasn't able to go to a university, so he made sure that if it was the last thing that he gave me, it was going to be those $300 to get me up here. And then, uh, Marie, you said that you went to college with just $300, uh, and now the dream of becoming a civil rights attorney is a real thing and you turn it into a reality. Tell me about that. Yes, yeah, so knowing that 
people sitting on me and giving them a voice. I am carrying the weight of my ancestors who mm. are standing for justice, who stood mm. for justice while forging my own legacy. There it is. That's it. And you're making them proud. When I tell you the chills that I got when she said her ancestors, man, like that, hearing that on daytime television was a whole different energy. So I'm super excited to talk to Marie. Let's go on and bring her on. You listen to Pulse Radio. Hey, how are you? First and foremost, I'm just wow. Like hearing that clip, like the part I love the most, I'm just going to hop in the interview. The part I love the most is when you shout out your ancestors, man. Like, I really appreciate you for that because oftentimes, like, especially in the media space, we don't hear that. You know what I'm saying? Like a calling back to our history, especially outside of Black History Month. So I really appreciate you for that. But how are you doing on today? Listen, I am doing blessed and highly favored. Uh, you know, I'm breathing, talking, walking. I'm in my right mind, so I'm doing good. I cannot complain. I bet you can't complain. Them student loans paid off. You graduated. I'm going to graduate too. So I know it's like, like, man, student loans paid off. Check. Homecoming going up on the 30th. Man, come on, man. I'm already knowing. So we're going to hop into it. And I got to ask you this first. Man, Mm -hmm. the BET Awards going down at FAMU. Are you ready? All right? For the homecoming. I'm ready. You know, I'll be out there a little bit. Not too much, but I'm, I'm ready to be there. I'm ready to be there. I feel we got it. got a home game today, so if any Rattlers are on here, drop your little snakes inside of the comment box. We are playing ASU. Hopefully yeah. we bring home a win. That's going to be the game of the week for sure. Because Alabama State's been playing well, and FAMU is always a great school when it comes to football, and that school private energy is going to be crazy. So I'm excited to check out that game, all right? But let's get into your FAMU experience. So first and foremost, what made you choose FAMU as your HBCU? Yeah, so HBCU wasn't my second choice. It was always my first choice to be around Black excellence. So I did get accepted into Bethune-Cookman. I got accepted into Edward Waters, FIU, and of course FAMU. When I came to FAMU, um, I'm a journalism major. When I got there, we have like SJGC is just amazing. Like we have our own studio, our own radio station where it's operated by students. I was a radio host. I did um, reggae on Sundays. I did hip-hop and R&Bs on Saturdays. So it was just the best place for me to be. I love it. And I see that radio host thing, you know, I see it. I saw it on the yeah. show, and I, and I see it. I just see even the branding, like just how you yes, brand yourself yes. on social media. Like, I see that media in you. So how was your experience in general for your years at FAMU? Because you graduated with a, with a bachelor's and a master's. And here's the thing. A lot of folks don't know FAMU does that. So just talk about that experience. Yes. Yeah, so I just want to give a shout out to Broward County. Stand up very much, please. Um, so I'm from Broward County. I transferred into Florida A&M University with my associates in broadcast journalism. When I got to FAMU, of course, I continued that degree to get my bachelor's in broadcast journalism with a concentration in criminal justice. I got my master's in African-American history. So they just worked hand in hand. I think the best journalist is the best historian and the best historian and journalist is the best civil rights attorney. So they all just coincide with each other. 
And I think that's so amazing because what we see in a lot of these cases, what we see is that the civil rights attorneys and the representatives of the families that were wrong, that were wronged and you know had their had their their sons or their daughters taken from them in such a vicious way, they're in the media, they're on the radio, they're on TV telling their story. And we see it with, with, with Benjamin Crump. Like we, we see it all the time. So I think that that's brilliant. And I want to ask you this. So in your montage, you said that you wanted to be a civil rights attorney. So what made you want to specifically be a civil rights attorney, especially when you have that media background? A lot of folks want to go straight into media, be on TV, do what Nick's doing. But you specifically want to be a civil rights attorney. So what made yeah. you want to do that? So like I said before, I'm from Broward County, Florida. And um, after the death of Trayvon Martin, it was the catalyst of me being an activist and an organizer if you don't know my story, you can also like look it up on Google. When I was 13 years old, I was arrested and could have been funneled into the criminal justice system by the grace of God. You know what 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 the devil had planned for me was not what operated right. And I I'm currently interned for the first black, uh, the first youngest African American female inside of the second judicial circuit, and she's over the juvenile delinquency division, and that like solidified who I am. And wanting to go to law school, I knew I wanted to go to law school, but of course that was like the add-on, just being in the court, being able to have a full circle, being next to a judge who is practicing, you know, giving out, uh, I don't want to say giving out like sentences, but working together with the juveniles to hold them accountable, but also send them to the juvenile detention center. Compared to when I was 13 years old, I was standing in front of a judge who told me to take the plea deal. So first and foremost, is just God just operating and moving inside of my life. So it's been a blessing. And I have to ask you this, because you said that, you know, you had your experience and then Trayvon Martin, you know, that whole entire situation motivated you. And I always say this, I say that that moment when we saw George Zimmerman walk out that court, he didn't go to jail. I think mm -hmm. everyone woke up because the yeah. collective consciousness of black people has been different since then. You know, and I, and I think you have, you know, those two moments of 2013 and then you had really, I would say 2020 is like the two moments Absolutely. where it's like just the two moments where we woke up and then 2020 was when it just went and got crazy where it's like, nah, these businesses, these corporations, y'all got to do something for us or is we not doing it no more. So I want to talk about 2020. So mm. if you wanted to be a civil rights attorney with George Floyd and all this craziness going on and everything that was happening like, did it fuel your desire to want to be a civil rights attorney? And how did it make you feel knowing that that's what you wanted to do, seeing everything going on? Absolutely. So I've always had the passion to be an activist. In fact, I was uh, a full-time organizer with an organization called Dream Defenders, founded after the death of Trayvon Martin. They occupied the Capitol for 30 days and 31 nights, demanding a repeal to the standard ground law. Of course, that that, that verdict that we wanted did not happen. However, what did happen is young, black, brown, Latinx, LGBTQ+, Muslims, everybody joined together and was like, we need to take a stand. We need to make a stand. And right now is the best time. But galvanizing, seeing people being galvanized and organizing, you know, just, just to make our voices be heard was amazing. 2020 was like, 
horrendous. Um, and I say that because, like I said, I'm an activist and an organizer. And it was every other day, like we were on the streets and I was leading most of the protests and most of the uh, actions that was happening in Tallahassee. Tony McDade happened. Uh, Tony McDade um, was killed in Tallahassee. We had George Floyd. We had Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor. I um, went to uh, I went to Georgia to be with Ahmaud Arbery, um, some of his family members, and also join like organizing there. Um, it's just been it's just been a whirlwind. But what I can say, I'm so happy that the power isn't dead. The people power isn't dead because the people have more power than the people who are in power. So just as long as we mm. get up and get out and show like what we need, uh, make sure you get out to vote. Voters early registration voters started recently for most people. So y'all need to make sure your voices are being heard. Go to the ballot. If y'all did not think that it count, if they didn't think that it count, then they wouldn't even be putting up all of these infringements, all of these right. things for people not to vote. And if you're in Florida, you know about House Bill 1, protesters uh, being charged as felons for being vocal about how black and brown people should be treated. Meanwhile, we have things happening like the fourth. Yeah. In it, D.C. Yeah. And like... Like, that's so powerful to me because I just, I'm real big on politics now. And that's just, you know, been, you know, me really, really my senior year at Fort Valley to now and just see people just not understand the political system and understand that the power comes from that because you look at how, you know, our enemies have gotten their power. They've gotten it from understanding the system and playing chess Absolutely. with it. So, you know, we need, you know, just people like you and, you know, just activists like you that are trying to get in the system and make a change. So first, I just think, once again, that's powerful. So let's talk about the moment of you going on Nick Cannon. So how did you get that opportunity? So I received an email, and I was real skeptical. They were like, hey, we are from the Nick Cannon TV show. It's going to premiere. And I'm like, is this real or is this fake? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Stephanie messaged me. And I'm like, Lord, God, please let this be real. So I'm like, all right, I'm just let go. They uh, sent me some information. They were like, okay, we needed to get this and this information from you. And um, I remember having a conversation with, I think it was Stephanie. I think it was Stephanie or it may have been some Andrea. And they were like, so Marie, how are you planning to pay back the student loan debt? I was like, listen, I gave it to God. So my sister is <laughs> on right. here and my sister can attest to that. Like I'm literally like, I gave it to God already. I'm not even going to worry about it. Listen, law school. I'm coming. Masters, I'm coming. Don't even worry about it. And then when they were like, all right, so we sent you an email for you to click on it. And it's going to put you right into the um, into the Zoom where you're going to talk to Nick. These are a few questions that might be asked. And I'm like, wow, this is really real. Like, I can't believe this. I thought this was for fake. <laughs> no, I feel that because it's like people be scamming. And, and that's yes. the part that sucks about it is that yes. with all the fake news going on, with all the craziness going on, it could be an opportunity like this that could be life-changing. You could be like, man, no, nah, I ain't about to click on that. Lee, not about to check my Instagram. That's my fear. Hello. That's lucky my fear. I'm like, bro, y'all not going to get, uh, good. You're not going to get me. Uh, so I'll be scared. I'm like, y'all not going to take away this Instagram because listen, this is my bread and butter right now. All right. And I'm not trying to start back over. But I feel that. So just being on the show and just hearing your story told and then just talking to Nick, 
like when you were on this show, like what was the feeling? Like you had that 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 broadcast background, you know, you were a journalism major at FAMU. So were you nervous? Like how did you feel up there? So I was a bit nervous because I didn't really know what was going to happen, of course. But, you know, before I get on to like any interview or before I know like something is big going on, I make sure to listen to my praise and worship music before I even get started so that God could keep me grounded so that he can, you know, be able to operate through me and, you know, deliver what I can't what I can't really because I'm like in this anxious feeling. Right. But I was anxious. I was like, okay, so what could possibly happen? And then like. Um, what y'all didn't see is that we were on, we were, uh, we were on zoom or we were on this other segment and the confetti popped before time. And I was like, God, I already know you planted something, man. This is my God. I already know you planted something. So they were like, can y'all please be on standby? The confetti, confetti popped too early. And I was like, God, what you, what you cooking up, God? What you cooking up? Well, I, we're getting exclusives for real. So the confetti yeah. popped before the time. So it the popped before he, popped. he it popped before he gave the announcement. It, the confetti popped before it's time. So they had to hurry up and clean it up. Oh, wow. So I was like, God, like what's really about to happen? And then when he said it, I was crying. Oh my God, I'm trying not to cry. <laughs> I'm trying not to cry, man, because listen, God has just been so good, you know, and if I could inspire people out there, like you are going to go through tough times. These last couple months have been so tough for me, like not being able to have a job hearing no after no, getting this random email from Stephanie or whoever was over the Nick Cannon TV show saying we want to interview you and then boom. God paid God and Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon being a vessel, man. Nick Cannon being a vessel to pay off these loans, not only for me, but for other students too. The sensational seven we call ourselves. Man, it's a blessing. Wow. <laughs> Like I, we, I, I'm just still stuck on like, cause if, if you're best, right. if, if I got basketball fans in here, y'all remember the '76ers versus the Celtics when they popped the confetti too early, and then the Celtics end up winning that game. <laughs> if y'all remember, cause I was watching that game oh, for the '76ers, man. I was like, we got it. Then they hit the shot. It's like, oh, clean up the confetti. That's what it makes oh, me think man. of. But I gotta <laughs> ask you this, so you know. How has life been for you after the interview? And it's crazy to ask it because it's not like it's been a year. Like this is a reunion mm-hmm. show after a year. It was only on Tuesday. It's not even a week yet. But how has mm-hmm. life been for you after, you know, just the show? Life has been good. I can't even complain. Like, I, I felt like, well, I, I feel like everything that's attached to me will win, right? You know that song. If y'all know that song, go listen to it. But, you know, everything has been aligning. You know, I see my Dream Defender squad is here. But everything has been aligning for its good. Like, I end up getting a job, like, after getting so many no's. Um, interviews after interviews, like um, a couple people reached out to me and I'm going back to FAMU to go speak to, to students and like the freshmen, the um, lower classmen, uh, the lower like classes to talk to them about like literally what just happened to me and like how God has been operating and moving in my life. So that's that's been it. That's wow. literally been it. And that's so amazing. And just the opportunity to go pour into people. And, you know, and, and Shay <laughs> talked about it. So how do you think that being on the Nick Cannon show is going to help you in your future as a successful 
civil rights attorney. We're going to put successful in front of that, all right? A successful Absolutely. civil rights attorney making it happen and changing the tide. How do you think that this media appearance, even outside of getting your student loans paid off, how do you think mm-hmm. this media appearance is going to help you moving forward in the future with your career? I think that this literally has been a, a blessing in itself, you know, and I, I'm so thankful and so grateful for Nick for even doing this. Nick came out of Howard, the mecca of like the greatness of black people. Right. And, you know, fam, you too. So I, I'm just really grateful. It has given me an opportunity, of course, to, you know, be more vocal and be on other platforms. But I was already doing the work. You know, I was already on the ground with boots. Um, you know, fighting for my people and I'll continue to fight for my people and, you know, I'll continue to pull my people up and put, give people other opportunities. When they come to me, I'm, I'm I'm heavy on sharing opportunities because it's enough for all of us out here to be winning. We could win together. That's why I continue to say each one, teach one, reach one. And my ancestors sent me and I'm just trying to be the best ancestor that I can be. Right. So you just got to keep going, keep going at all times. I love it. So this, it was amazing speaking with you. Like, wow. Like, it's just, wow. Like shout out to you. Like, I think I'm very impressed by you. I think that you are amazing and just keep pushing because I know that you're going to make a lot of changes just in America and in the world. So just keep pushing. Mm -hmm. You know, we're here for you man. like, we see you and we see what you're doing. So congratulations to you. And one last thing, Mm -hmm. let everyone know they can find you on social media. Yes, yes, indeed. All right. So what's up? Y'all already know because y'all here. My name is Lyrical Marie and you can find me on Instagram at Lyrical Marie. I'm on TikTok as well. Lyrical.Marie on Facebook. The same thing as well. Shout out to Broward County once again. And I got a shout out to Jamaica because, you know, I'm also Jamaican and it's only right. It's only right. It's only right. It's only right. You know, and, and that's about it. You know, if you're not tuned in, you got to tune in. You bet, they better tune in. All right. Listen, <laughs> the moves you got Shout going on. Everybody also who came here. I see all my friends are here. My teachers are in here, too. Shout out to y'all. Thank you so much. We love it. We love to see Shout it. Shout out to Bethune-Cookman, too. Hey, hey, we love HBC. You love <laughs> Hey, we love to see it. We love to see it. Well, Marie, was amazing talking to you. Thank you. All right, y'all. All right, all right, all right. So we're going to keep the ball rolling, keep it moving, and we're going to go on and move on. So we're going to bring on Dewey. We have the final two of the Sensational Seven. So Dewey, member of the Marching 100, everybody is showing love to Dewey. He's also went to FAMU, goes to FAMU, part of the Marching 100. And whenever we've spoken to anybody, you had, you know, Shay and McKenzie. And, of course, Jada and I, you know, speaking, you know, offline. Everyone was so impressed by Dewey and also his story. So I want you guys to check it out. This is Dewey's story from the Nick Cannon Show. My family are immigrants. We're coming from Vietnam. Going to an HBCU as a minority, it just feels more accepting. I joined the March 100. I love what bands stand for. You can sense the love of music between every individual in that field. My my brother Dewey over there. (laughs) Man, you and your family moved to America from Vietnam when you were like three years old, right? Yep. Man, so what made you choose HBCU? It was just home. Yeah. It just started from high school. And uh, the the one, fam, you, right? Fam, you, the one and only, you know. The marching one, honey. (laughs) They don't play, man. I mean, and then joining the marching band, I mean, you look, you got your own little Asian drumline story going on. <laughs> that had me going crazy, man. Nick, man. Nick a fool, man. But listen, we're going to bring on Dewey. 
I'm just so excited to hear his story. You listen to Pulse Radio, my boy Dewey coming on. Dewey. What's good? What's good? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Life's good. Just God's been blessing, you know. That's all I got to say. He definitely been blessing yeah. you, man. You're still long ago. <laughs> <laughs> you real blessed. You're real it's blessed. Just, yeah, man. It's just it's just a dream come true, you know. Like, I'm just blessed to be in pharmacy school right now. Best to just be where I'm at right now, you know. Um, it's just been happening, you know. Just a lot of things have been happening last year um, with the pandemic and just the social impact and just trying to adjust to that. So it's been, it's, it's a blessing really to just have this opportunity. Right. And I got to ask you this. You're a member of the Marching 100. So I know you probably seen Drumline a million times. So how <laughs> was it meeting Nick Cannon, who is the Devin Miles, all right? How was it meeting him? <laughs> so it really all started in high school. Um, Just seeing him, like I watched his movie back in high school, back in 2012, I believe. So like 10 years after the release of that movie. So I didn't know anything about this culture. So just seeing him on like on the screen and just seeing how much like everyone just loved music in that movie. And then like just looking at my marching band in high school, it just brought like so much like joy to me. And like I just want to be a part of it, just be part of that culture. So um, that's where it all started. So like he was really part of my inspiration to just join band. And just you know, continue with band with the marching 100 um, in college. Right, and the thing about it is that you know when like when he asked Jay the question, he actually told us that the guy that punched him went to Clark Atlanta. Like Clark Atlanta was a school that Atlanta A&T was playing, and I was like, oh my gosh, he answered so many questions I've had since 2002. Like, oh my god, I'm like, bro, like the like the kid in me was like, it all makes sense. Like, like what the world? Yeah, we all we all remember that scene when he just got. He just ran up to them and just like he was playing on his drum, and then the drum just came flying, and everyone just had a huge fight. Man, we all remember that was the big part of that movie, right? Yes, there. and they turned on him. So I got to ask you this: I got to ask this when we start interview. Do you think that happened in real life, or is that just movies? That's just the the average uh, for you. I mean, it, it'd be intense with it'd be intense with the bands. You know, there's a lot of smack talk. You should have seen the Southern game last year, not even last two years ago with FAMU. I remember like the whole stands were like full like i'm talking about bam you homecoming compared nothing to that southern game like that mm. southern game that's that wayside was full that home side was full and just being on that field at that moment and you can hear you can hear the energy from the crowd when you step on that field there's nothing like it you know it just love that feeling you're about to like perform and you're about to like show like what you can do like as a whole band you know so that was when i really understood like you know this is like the culture you know this is like how intense like band is um, in college and HBCUs particularly because HBCUs take band a completely more serious in my opinion than right. any other yeah for real so like I just love this culture I love the um, just friendly competition sometimes a little smack talk here and there but you know it's all love um, all love to HBCUs at the end of the day right wow man like I like I, I wish I went to that Southern game <laughs> now because it's like you said it was lit it's homecoming maybe even more like whoa and I think I think yeah. played Southern this year so that's a whole nother different level so let me yeah. let, let's start on this. So because like Nick Cannon, like so Nick was just really impressed by you. So we didn't really hear the full answer why you chose Fam Years or HBCU. So I gotta pop off and ask you that. What made you choose Fam Years or HBCU out of the 101 HBCUs in America? What made you choose FAMU? It was just the right choice at the time. Like, I mean, if, if right now is the right choice. I've that's the best decision I've made in my life so far. Like, it's just like everything lined up. I feel like God put everything in place for me. Like pharmacy school, you know, best band in the land. I love music, you know, all this, like all the campus life. I've been to orientation, been to open houses. And like just the 
the campus culture is no is like no none other than FAMU. You know, FAMU is just I want to say like Beyonces of HBCUs. There's like, yeah, I mean, it's just like it's just so much like you, I don't I will never get it anywhere else. You know, I'm and it's just I just had to be part of it. You know, I want to be part of I want to be with minorities that are like like minded like me. You know, it wasn't just about um, everything else. I just want to be part of that culture, be part of minorities because my other option was UF and. Mm -hmm. You know, I had to pick FAMU. It just, it was just where, it just felt more, like I said, home on the show. It was just home. It's just my second home up there. So, um, I love FAMU, you know, for the pride to the end, you know. Like, like the Beyonce of HBCU. That's what he said FAMU <laughs> was, all right? So, so I need you, I need everybody listening. If you go to another HBCU, I want you to think of what singer or rapper your school is, all right? Because Beyonce's taken by FAMU, all right, at this point. All right, so, like, as a member of, as a member of the Marching 100, you know, you're a part of that band culture. And one thing we know is that bands are family. So being a member of the March 100, and also I heard you an organizational king, all right? And, and you brought that out <laughs> when you were in the background. You had the lady next to us walking up the stairs, correct? Man, you had the you had the sauce going on, too much sauce, you feel me? So just tell us about that, about how that family experience made you into the man you are today. Man, it was just hard adjusting at the time. You know, family, like, it was just getting, I was very introverted just going there and, like, just exploring new things and just trying new things like i did a, i did the delta sigma theta pageant on campus and i was like and shout out to my deltas you know i got a shout out to my deltas <laughs> but like i would have never thought i'd do a pageant you know like something like that it was like do we do a pageant like you would never expect that come on now like and i ended up winning and it was just like that was a credible moment myself like i just cannot believe i won um but it was um, what was your talent what was your talent um, I played I played the stroll song to be real upside down on the piano. Yeah. <laughs> that was my talent. <laughs> I know they love that. Snippet. I did a little hundred stuff too with my cymbals and um this little thing, but um it was um that was the main part, like just playing their stroll. So I had to shout out them out to my uh, their stroll song and um yeah, I love the deltas, you know, I love what they stand for. I like listen, if if you like if I was there, you did, I would have been like, yeah, he won. Okay. Like this is like <laughs> who who's second place? Who's first one up? Okay, you won. All right. <laughs> Go and just give him the sash. Let him walk out. Let him let him crown the other kings at this point. He won. All right, so that's wild. I do let, were they were they strolling as you were playing? Cause I can I can imagine in uh, my head. They I I can, I, I don't know, because I was upside down, you feel me? But I, I just felt I, I heard the applause because like I was like I was looking up like because I'm upside down looking up the keyboard, the bottom of the keyboard. And um, I just hear everyone like, "Oh my gosh!" And then I hear the um, I don't know how to say it, but their little chant. The, the, the chant, yeah, the, yeah, 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 the yeah, call, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I heard it. I was like, "Yeah, they vibing to it." That's what's up. Like, listen, they threw out every sheet that was great. All, all the judges was like, "Yes, man, okay, all right. Here's what we gonna do. All right, they had a huddle. Like, it was time out of the basketball game. Here's what we gonna do. All right, do do we won? We gotta figure out which one of these folks <laughs> gonna be first runner up, second runner up. That's crazy, man. So. Like that that is wild. Just, just I, I gotta see a video of that. Is that a video on your page? I gotta see that. It's all page. It's on my page. It's like 2019. All right. like my, um, like March 2019, I think. All right, yeah. we gonna we gonna find listen, Jada's is, is, is on the live right now. Jada, find that clip for me. All right, you know what I'm saying? We're gonna do this, but if they find it, we gotta see that clip. All right. So we, let's talk about you being on the Nick Cannon show. So how did you get the opportunity to be on the show? So um it also it all started with um a phone call from my student affairs um director. Um, and, but at the time I'm on pharmacy rotations right now. So like, I didn't get the phone call until like, I didn't see the phone call until later that night. Then I started checking my emails and it was like, um, 
it was me CC'd with like seven other students, which were, they're all great as well. You know, they're all doing different things, doing great things as well. Um, but they, I guess we all had an interview. Um, so Andrea actually texted me and she was like, Hey, um, you know, if we want to start, you want I want to talk to you, you know, I want to send you some pic, send, send in some pictures. And, um, so we had a phone interview and everything and Andre is great. Stephanie's great. All the producers are great. Um, and it was just like, it was just like, wait, what's going on? Kind of thing. You know, like this is, this is, this is like, I'm, I, I know Nick Cannon, you know, that, that's, that, that's the, that's the boy right there. But like, like what's going on? So like, and then one night it was just like maybe like two weeks ago, right? Like a week before the show, two weeks before the show, Andrea texted me and she was like, Hey, you've been selected. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Like what? Are you serious? Like, so like, I told my mom, I told my dad, and then I started telling some of my close friends about it. And it was just like, whoa, like, we're about to fly you out to New York. I'm like, fly me out to New York? Like, time out. Like, what, what is going on kind of thing? So um, it was just life-changing, man. And when I got to the New York, you know, they had drivers for all of us, like designated drivers. I was talking about, I remember my flight from New to New York was delayed by like an hour. And then when I landed in New York, I had to like immediately text my drivers like, hey, I'm super late. I'm sorry. You know, I hope you didn't leave yet. And he was like, oh, no, you did. I've been waiting for you this whole time. I was like, what? <laughs> kind of thing. So, um, yeah, we, he took me to my hotel. The hotel was great. And, like, just the overall experience getting to the studio was great. And then when we got to the studio, I met um, three beautiful queens um, there, you know. And then um, also found out that I had another student from FanView. That's Marie. That's on. Uh, they'll be there with me virtually. And then CDK and D'Angelo. So it was just um, a great moment for the Sensational Seven, as we call ourselves, um, just to be there and just be on the show and just be blessed with this opportunity. So when the moment happened when he announced that your student loans were paid off, you were in the middle of Jada and Shay, all right? And it's like, you were like, oh, <laughs> like, like, so how did that moment feel? <laughs> so what happened was Shay like immediately hugged me and then Jada was already like, out of her mind she was like oh my gosh like and she started screaming i was like i wanted to like just like burst into tears because like i've just been through so much this past this year with the pandemic and all the social impact with this pandemic because of my race and it's just mm -hmm. like knowing that um god has been looking out it's just you know just puts just more strength in my faith at the end of the day you know right and like man it's just that moment that's always going to be a moment for me, just seeing that. Of course, because, you know, when I'm going to talk about, you know, with Jada coming up, how I was personally, you know, involved in it. But just that moment is seeing you all just so happy and just you all getting that moment. So what do you think that media moment meant? Because I've asked everyone about this, you know, and of course, too, you know, you have Marie that, you know, had, has a broadcast journalism degree. You have CDK, that's an entertainer. You have McKinsey that wants to be a politician. But what did that media moment mean to you? of being on Nick Cannon's show and having your story told, like, what did that mean to you? It just shows that, you know, diversity is out here, you know, like just being able to present a different race than the race that usually is portrayed in HBCUs. Like, I'm proud to represent FAMU. Like, mm. I would represent FAMU until I die kind of thing. So it was like, just to be a face to show like, hey, like, don't not pick a HBCU. Like, pick an HBCU and, you know, take that chance, you know, because... There's a lot of people just saying, oh, it's like FAMU, it's an HBCU. Like, I'm like, I'm proud to represent, you know? So just more, di I'm just glad that there's more diversity and just like showing that there's other people besides, you know, just the black community at HBCUs. Because 
it's just it's all about diversity it's all about unifying as minorities and you know it's just i'm i'm just proud to represent family at the end of the day so um and going on in my pharmacy degree and it's just um it's just a blessing in the end of the day i love it so i gotta ask you this so did you already know marie before the show and and if you did or didn't have you seen her since the show aired um, obviously we follow each other on Instagram. We found out about each other after the show, but now I just found out she's from Broward. So I'm from Broward too. So nine five four. Yeah, we from both from Broward, I guess. And then um because I went to Blanche Ely High School um mm-hmm. down here. Because um and um, you know, just um being able to meet her and just, you know, connect with her over social media as a fellow rattler, you know, she's great. She's gonna be doing great things with her career. Like I already see. I've been watching the live, so she's she has great goals in mind and i just love it i love it all you know i love everyone that was on the on the stage with me everyone that was on the zoom you know sensational seven till the day i love it man so how has life been for you afterwards so you know you had this monumentous moment and i didn't get a chance to ask cdk this he had the store hey you was on nick cannon so how's it been <laughs> i'm like that visual in my mind like how did how does it been for you since the show was aired Honestly, um, it hasn't really changed because I'm, I'm still in school at the end of the day. I'm still being a student. Um, I still got to get my studies done and I'm still trying to graduate a doctorate. So, you know, after I know after the show, I flew back. I still have to take a quiz for oh. pharmacy school, which is crazy. But, you know, I still got to do what I got to do at the end of the day, get my degree, get my doctorates. And, you know, I'm trying to save lives in the end of the day at the end. Um, and after I graduate, you know, working in a hospital, working um and all this stuff as a pharmacist. So like, it's just, um, it's just a blessing to know I don't have to worry too much about finances while I save lives in the future. You know, it's just more, I could put more love to my like work now and just be like, I'm doing this because I love what I do. Like, which it's always been like that. But like now it's like without the burden of like financials and everything. Right. And I'm telling like your, your, your professor should be like, listen, Dewey was on Nick Cannon. Whole class is him. Go home. Okay. Go on and go home. Like, you know, and, and have a party. All right. That, that, that's what, that's what I would do if I was a professor. But overall, Dewey, it was amazing having you on. Like, and it's just great that you, especially, I love the part where you said that, you know, this, you know, war that you got from Nick Cannon and, you know, getting your student loans paid off you're able to save lives and not have that burden on you. So when you graduate from FAMU, mm-hmm. you now just have a new life. Like you just go yeah. and just do your thing and and grow and build a family and build a career and not have to worry about, you know, student loans. Cause I'm paying the student loans, man. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I know how it feels. And I'm like, bro, that COVID deferment is gone. All right, it's leaving yeah. really soon. So it's like, I am already know how it feels. So overall, man, I'm super proud of you and I appreciate you appreciate for repping HBCU so hard and choosing yeah, HBCU. Man. My so, pleasure, man. Yeah, My man. Pleasure. So overall, like, where can we find you on social media? Um, you can find me at, at sensei underscore DT on Instagram. I'm not really on that much because of school right now, but um, I'll be honest sometimes. Just, you know, just know I'm always repping um, like excellence, you know, because I'm, I'm a minority at the end of the day. So, you right. know, I got to represent, you know, Black Lives Matter, all that, all this stuff, you know, like it's got to got to represent minorities at the end of the day. And I'll represent family till I die. So. And 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 we're gonna find that video. All right. We I, I was looking because I could do that. I was I was listening. I was, I'm like, well, yeah, we gotta find that video, man. But I appreciate you for coming on, Dewey. All right, all right, all right, you all. So we're down to the last person in the sensational seven. I gotta bring on Jada, right? Jada Jenkins, 33rd, Miss Clark Atlanta University. And if you follow HBCU Pulse, you know, you follow Queen Series, you know the vibes. Like Jada was my election client. We started rocking in December. 
All right, December 2020. It was like December, I think the the 2nd or the 3rd, 2020. And, you know, she told me she wanted to be, wanted to be Ms. Clark Atlanta. And I saw this for her. I didn't know that, because I told her I, that she would be on TV. I told her that. I didn't know that I would have been a part of her being on TV. But I'll get more into that when she comes on. But super proud of her representing for HBCU polls for Queen Series and for Clark Atlanta, for her family. So we're going to play her part of the Nick Cannon show and her also promoting her business, Jay Panada. So we got to play that real quick. I'm a first generation college student. HBCUs are important because it's all about black excellence. I really just wanted to go and further my education at an institution with students who think like me. You got real creative when, you know, there was some financial things going on in your world and uh, when it came to paying for food and books, what'd you have to do? Yes, so I actually have a business of my own. It's called J Panadas. I heard that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I sell authentic Dominican empanadas, and it's from my grandmother's recipe. May God bless her soul. Um, so every Thanksgiving and Christmas, she would uh, gather all of the women in our family, and she would teach us how to make empanadas. And so I decided that when I got to Clark Atlanta University, I said, it's time to, to get to the bag. And so I decided to start selling. And thankfully, um, thank you to my Clark Atlanta University community, because they have definitely been supporting me. And as the 33rd Miss Clark Atlanta, I actually have a initiative called Wealthy Wednesdays where I highlight student entrepreneurs. So I need one of them you. Jay Panadas. I need me a Jay Panada. Listen, when he said I need me a Jay Panada, that was a whole entire different vibe because I'm like, I know what Jada be going through as far as like really pushing that business. And I told her, I said it on live, you watch on Queen series that she's this generation's pinky cole. All right. So listen, I got to turn up for Jada real quick. And hopefully as we're on Instagram live right now, HBC, you post the live doesn't go down. All right. Major bag alert. All right. Major bag alert. Cause she said I had to get to the bag. All right. And she definitely for sure is getting to the bag. She was on Nick Cannon. Student loans paid off. And then, did you out here, Nick, say, I need a Jay Panada? Put that on a t shirt. <laughs> Put that on a t shirt. This is what we do over here, man. Jada get into the bag. And she's this generation's Pinky Cole. And she going to make it happen, man. So listen, we got to bring Jada over. We got to bring in his style, man. Come on now. <laughs> Cause we making it happen over here, man. Let's go out and bring Jada all right now, man. Listen to Post Radio. First and yeah. foremost, Jada, how are you doing on today? I'm doing great. I'm amazing. Honestly, I'm sitting here. I got my little coffee. I'm a coffee addict. Um, <laughs> I'm feeling pumped. I'm feeling blessed. I feel all of it. So thank you. How are you? I'm great. You know, just it, it, first and foremost, like the, these interviews were amazing. You know, just in hearing just the, the full story of everybody, you know, from Dewey to Marie to Mackenzie, you know, Shay. So it's just, it was amazing just hearing it all and just having this op this exclusive opportunity to speak with everyone. But I'm also excited because just like seeing you on the show, you know, and you know behind the scenes what I be going through. You already know what's up. And it's like, you know, and we, we got to talk about it. That's why I want to have you last. I don't know how long this interview going to go, all right? We might be talking to, to, to the end of the night. We don't know. But, like, in general, like, just seeing you on the show and just seeing the representation of Clark Atlanta, but also just of the brand was amazing. So, first and foremost, you know, we interviewed you on Queen Series when you became a Queen ambassador. We talked about your election and everything. And that and that article, by the way, has been going up. People have been, been looking at it and even DMing you. That. 
So tell me about just how things have been for you as Ms. Clark Atlanta University. So things have been absolutely amazing. Um, It is only October 2nd, but in the little bit of time that we have been on campus, so much has happened. Um, I've had such great relations with my peers and professors and even the president of our institution um, two weeks ago. I got the blessing of having a full court, and it was also on my 21st birthday. And something that I always say is I don't believe in coincidences. So I believe that me getting a full court on my birthday was a blessing from God as well as Clark Atlanta as well. So this is what I'm saying. I don't believe that anything just happens. Everything has always been planned, and your destiny was written thousands of years ago before your ancestors were even thought of. This was something that was written in concrete for you. So I really just have to say that being Miss Clark Atlanta University it has I've only been in this position for a short amount of time but I have to say that everyone around me everyone um giving me their support has just been absolutely mind-blowing I love it so we gotta talk about you getting on the Nick Cannon show because I, I, I've been one I've been ready to speak about this oh my gosh so let's start with it so you know I always want to give my queens opportunities that's really what I wanted queen series to be is working with Queens because I see, and I was an SGA guy when I was in Fort Valley, but I saw that the Queens put in so much work and the responsibility of the campus king and queen is to be the face of the school. So you're there to represent people. So when I started Queen Series and I want to do the Queen Ambassador Program, I wanted to bring opportunities like Warner Music, like the Nick Cannon Show. I want to bring those opportunities exclusively to you because we always get those, those opportunities. And I want to prioritize you, you guys for them. Of course, you know, behind the scenes, we've dealt with a lot. So I really wanted that moment where it was almost like, hey, look at what we're doing. And I think that's wrong at point. I, I think I think we shouldn't be proving ourselves to people, you know, where it's like, oh, look at what I'm doing. But at times being, you know, a man and also a basketball fan, having that mama mentality, it's like, how look at this, you know, so I'm gonna get you back next game. So when the opportunity was presented by CDK, he texted me, CDK always just sends over amazing opportunities he even sent me over an election client, you know, that is now Miss Freshman at Prairie View. He sent her over to me. And he was like, hey, you know, you know, Nick Cannon is looking for HBCU Latinos. All right. And, and I'm going to call myself out. I'm not going to be fake on this lot because I was trying my best to be like, OK, all right. I want to hit up Jada, but I don't want to be ignorant nor offensive. All right. So I'm like, OK, Dominican. All right. Is that. Because you said Afro-Latina, you 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 always say that the first Clark Atlanta, this Clark Atlanta is Afro-Latina. I'm like, I got to make sure. All right. So I Googled it after I sent the voice memo to you. Like, hey, you want to do this? Y'all want to make sure it was this and that. You're like, Randall, I am Afro-Latina. <laughs> and I'm like, I just wanted to make sure. But oh we made it happen. So I want to pass it along to you. All right. Yeah. So tell me about your experience of your Nick Cannon show. Like when I presented it to you, tell them how you were thinking. Okay, guys, so really funny story. Um, Shout out to CDK. We love Christian. Um, Great, great, great guy. I have to thank him for throwing me this opportunity. Um, But so Randall, Randall and I, we have a friendship because he did help me with my uh, election consulting. So we have some history. But he hits me up one day and is like, hey, so... CDK asks if I know anyone that goes to HBCU that's Latino and um, that's Hispanic. And I was like, I don't know, but I know Jada. She's Dominican. So I hope that works. And I was like, oh, my goodness. 
I was like, oh my goodness, if you would have said no, I would have been so upset. But luckily, that was cleared out the way. Um, happy Hispanic Heritage Month, by yeah. the way, to me. Um, <laughs> and so, <laughs> is that to you? To me, to anyone that's watching um, as well. But um, that was that was a great, amazing opportunity. Of course, I'm a type of person where it doesn't matter how big or small. Um, any opportunity that I have a chance to represent Clark Atlanta University, to represent myself or to represent my family, my community, I'm going for it. Um, so it was no other option. It was, yes, thank you so much. Um, can you get that email to me so I can ask my advisors? Luckily, my advisors were like, Jada, this is a great opportunity. Let's go. Let's do it. Um, and the rest was history. So, yes, thank you again to CDK. Thank you again to Rando HBCU Post. Thank you again to God. Uh, it was just amazing. And this is something, and I want to say this, and this is to everyone that's watching that or li and listening that might want to run for a position. Because this was something, if you remember, when we first talked, I looked at your social media, I'm like, this is cool and all, but I want you to tell your story a bit more. And you've been watching the whole entire time. You heard the story with CDK is that it's social media. It was like, oh, yeah, let's bring them on. Because social media for student leaders, for entertainers, for hosts, for anyone that is your entryway into these opportunities. So for any student leaders watching, for any aspiring student leaders, and I say this all the time when it comes to elections, because with elections, your social media is your megaphone. So you need to make sure, as CDK says, your face is clean. And you need to make sure that you have good pictures of you. You need to make sure you have those solid, like, hey, you know, portrait mode or professional camera pictures. Because also that is what will be used on the show. Because it was so funny, you watching the episode where, like, when she says the third third was Clark Atlanta University, they put up your Miss Heritage picture. And I'm like, <laughs> I was like, she has Miss Clark Atlanta pictures. I've made sure that, behind the scenes, I've made sure that, J that Jed had a bunch of Miss Clark Atlanta pictures where it says, what it says, Miss Clark Atlanta. Why'd she use the Miss Heritage picture? I was like, oh my God. I was like, why? <laughs> like, I just, I was like, why? But it's like, listen. She's there at this point. Because I'm I want to hear her say as a third third Clark University, but they cut it off. I was like, that's that's not Miss Clark. That, that, that's Miss Heritage, okay? All right, you gotta, you gotta, gotta we, we gotta gotta fast forward to, to present day. But that that's that's the, the most important part is like you got like like if anybody's watching this, you have to make sure that your social media like is is straight and also that you're telling your own story. So in general, Jada, like in talking to the producer. Like, how was that experience? Because, of course, when you talked to me behind the scenes, you said she was really cool and she loved the story. So how was it talking to the producer? It was amazing. Um, it felt like I was talking to a friend, honestly. Of course, we remained professional, but she just allowed me to just share my story. Um, and really, it was more so about my business. And I was so interested, like, wow, how did you guys find out about my little... Uh, small black owned business that was really amazing that it was um emphasizing on that because i'm huge on student entrepreneurship and so they were really just asking me about that and of course um family is everything to me and i tell the story often and i never get tired of, of telling the story but my abuela was the one who taught me how to make empanadas and so Every Thanksgiving, every Christmas, every time we were around, she was around family, she would sit us down and teach us how to make empanadas. And so um, in high school, I decided to run for homecoming queen. But the thing about that was 
it, it didn't go off of votes. It went off of um, how much money you raised. So in high school, I was like, hmm, everyone else is making cookies and cupcakes. But by the time it's sixth period, I'm hungry. Like, I want to eat. So that's when I decided that I was going to start selling empanadas. And luckily enough for me, my senior year of high school, I actually ended up... Um, I ended up having around $3,000 in a week just off of selling empanadas. And I realized like, wow, okay, this works. This is my niche. This is something that um, will go, will help me go places. And so when I got to the CAU, I was like, well, let me tap back into that because, you know, you coming around homecoming, you need the homecoming fits, you need your hair done, your lashes done, your nails done, your makeup done. So I was like, okay, well, let's get back into it. Let me try these empanadas out and let's see how the Clark Atlanta community likes them. And luckily enough for me, it has been up ever since that freshman year, that first time freshman year I've made empanadas. It has continuously grown. And so, um, yes, thankfully, my abuela, may God bless her soul, she was the person who put the fire in me. And so here I am now. I got a chance to represent her and represent my business on national television. It was absolutely amazing. And then Nick said, I need a Jay Panada. You know, it's like, like you need that, like, put that on a T-shirt at this point. Because that is the ultimate endorsement at this point. Yeah, put the pom-poms out. She got the pom-poms out, y'all. Like, that's the ultimate endorsement. Like, how did it feel hearing Nick say that? Because, of course, we know the student loans, you're the face of that reaction. Because everywhere we see your reaction, like, oh, my God. Like, we see that, all right? But how does it feel that your business got that spotlight and Nick said, and I quote, I want to, I need a Jay Panada. Honestly, um, my plans, and I know like shoulda, woulda, coulda, but my plan was to bring empanadas to the studio. Um, unfortunately, everything kind of happened so quickly. Um, I flew out there, we taped the next day, and then after that, we flew right back. So I was, I didn't have enough time. Um, so thankfully enough for me, I'm from Jersey and I don't live too far from New York. So hopefully, you know, one day I'll be able to drop them off some empanadas. But the plan was to do that. Now, when he said, I need me a empanada, you didn't hear me, but I said, we can make that happen. That's what I said. I said, we can make that happen. Don't worry, Nick, because I got you. Any flavor you want, I got you. Um, but my mom, when she watched it, she was like, we need to make that into a theme song. I need me a Jay Panada. Ah, I need me a Jay Panada. Ah, Jay Panada. Jay Panada. And my mom don't like, Don't give me ideas now. <laughs> Listen, we can, we can make it happen. Okay. I need a Jay Panada. I don't, don't like, because we can make it happen for real. Yes, no, it was absolutely amazing, honestly, because so many, and like I said, it's a small, it's a small business. I'm by myself. Um... And being a business owner, a lot of people don't realize you have to put on every single hat. I have to be the photographer, I have to be the social media manager, I have to be the cashier, I have to be the marketing strategist, I have to be the chef. So um, it was just absolutely amazing hearing him say that. And still to this day, like, it's just amazing. Um, my business has been booming. Please make sure you follow Jay Panadas. Sure. I P A N A D A S. Um, people have been. Ask me. I'm just trying to go to class. We just had midterms. I'm trying to finish my midterms. They're like, when, what am I going to get a Jay Panada? And I'm like, ooh, ooh, it's okay, guys. It's coming. So I just feel so blessed. I'm so thankful that people are supportive. Um, I know that's another thing that a lot of business owners, they they go through this muddy water sometimes. It's a gray area where sometimes business owners feel like, well, 
I'm I'm supporting everyone else and I'm putting all this work in and what am I gaining? So I can say that I'm blessed. I'm so blessed to say genuinely ever since even before Clark Atlanta, ever since that one time in high school, people have genuinely poured into me and my business. So that's just a blessing within itself. And it's even more so now where I've had alum come up to me. Um, even members of our, our, I've had football coaches like you need a cater because the boys are having a football game. Like, of course I can, you know, it's just absolutely amazing. I love it. And I got to play this moment right here because I got a, got another clip where, because, you know, we like we worked on that platform hard. And, you know, behind the scenes, we're making it happen. And you spoke about Wealthy Wednesdays. And it's like for everyone that's that's thinking about running, I mean, y'all can apply because we, we, we talking about it on Nick Cannon, all right? We're talking about it. And as the 33rd Miss Clark Atlanta, I actually have a initiative called Wealthy Wednesdays where I highlight student entrepreneurs. I need me a Jay Panada. Like, and, and you see how, like, you know, like the platform, that was in the platform points. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That was in the We Outside platform point where it's on that graphic. Where, and we had to change the name. We had to change the names up a bit. But Wealthy Wednesdays and CAU Pride Fridays, that's in the platform. So if you're trying to run, you know what I mean? You can tap in with Queen Series. But in general, that is a great transition into you being Miss Clark Atlanta. And you made sure that you said that. So how did it feel to represent Clark Atlanta in that way? It was absolutely amazing. Um, so what's funny is I wanted to go on with my sash. Right. Producers were like, no, you know, not everyone has a sash. Um, you Can we take it off? And I was just like, oh. Like, if, if you got some tissue, we can make everybody a sash, all right? You know, like, we, we can work. We can work a sash. We, we can make, we can figure it out. And it's funny because me and Mackenzie kind of looked at each other like, no. <laughs> <laughs> One thing about it, as a campus queen, this is like, you know, I have, I will have separation anxiety. Like, no, this is my sash. I want it. Um, but luckily enough, um, I got a chance to, to wear my crown pin. So I had to slide that in because I just felt like the crown pin wasn't significant enough. Y'all had to know I am the 33rd Miss Clark Atlanta University because that is such a huge title and such a huge accomplishment. Um, but representing the illustrious Clark Atlanta University was absolutely amazing because it just reminded me that it's not about me. Like, yes, I was on the couch. Yes, I was in the presence of Nick Cannon, but it's not just about me. It's about my community. It's about my institution. It's about the alum. It's about the staff members. It's about the people who are in high school right now applying like, oh, do I want to go to Clark Atlanta? I don't know. I don't know. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Because this is what, this is the product of CAU. So it was just more so about, it was a moment. And one of my advisors, we always say being Miss Clark Atlanta University, being in student leadership in general, it's 99% about everyone else and it's 1% about you. So it's all about being selfless. And one of our models is a culture for service. So it was just really a reminder that, yes, this is me. I'm just the representative. I'm just the face right now. But this is me and this is everyone else behind me. So that's that. And people got to understand, man, that that moment of you on Nick Cannon is what a campus queen is supposed to do. Because I think that a lot of people misconstrue the notion of what a campus queen is supposed to be. And the, what you're supposed to be, you're supposed to you know, have your initiatives and show face on campus. But you're going out and promoting the school. You're recruiting at high schools. But you have the ultimate recruitment opportunity 
to be on Nick's new show on the second episode and say, hey, I miss Clark Atlanta University. This is what I'm doing. This is my story. And I think people miss that because I and be doing this for I've, I've you know, been HBC affiliated for six years and then I've been doing, you know, Pulse for four. And what I see from a lot of people, especially when it comes to Campus Queens, is they look at Hall of Fame as that moment of, hey, you're representing your school. That's not the only way you represent. When Ebony Campus Queens was going on, because now they have the STEM Queens, but when it was like specifically Campus Queens, oh, that's her representing the school. No, any point that you're in front of the public is you representing the school. So you're doing that. And the platform that we came up with, the campaign theme was the voice of the students. The platform was, I got you, I promise I won't be broken. And yes. you promise, hey, I'm gonna represent the school. And you're on Nick Cannon's show. They even saying that, and, and I got I started was gonna mention this. I don't know if you saw the text message, that they they're even in talks of Nick Cannon possibly replacing Wendy Williams if she doesn't come back this month. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you saw the text message. Like, and it's, that's not official. Those are sources, but I checked because you know we're both media people. You're you're a mass media arts major, I'm a mass, I'm a mass media graduate. So I checked. Is that not wasn't no fake news? That was that was on that was out there, page six, all that. And he might get into that time slot, and you know that's big. Wendy Williams is a radio hall of famer, and she's been doing this for years. She yeah, out, yeah, uh, yeah, that too. That too. That, too. <laughs> that too. But it's like, you know, that's big to even have the opportunity. Because as like the big wigs are watching, they're like, hey, you know what? Maybe we should put Nick in this time slot. Because if you didn't know, Wendy Williams talk show and Nick's talk show are basically put together by the same company. So it's not like a big thing where it's like, oh, move over this whole new company. You know, it's the same company. So they were watching that episode. They watched what he did with you, and they were like, man, he might be the, the, the heir to the throne. He might be the next person we put in that time slot. So that's big within itself, within that platform, and what you and McKenzie did for your respective institutions. So I got to ask you this. As a mass media arts major, and someone that wants to be in TV, like how did this experience help you and how did it feel from that aspect of you being a media major? Right. So I think I looked at it with a different set of eyes because I did talk to Andrea and I asked her what her specific role was. Um, just because honestly, if you know me, you know that I have a million questions all the time. It's the journalist in me. I just I have to know. So I'm asking her, like, okay, so what's it like working with him? What's it like working in the studio? What is your role's day-to-day? And, you know, I'm just asking him, going around, I'm um, wandering around the studio, you know, just talking to people. Hey, excuse me, knock, 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 how are you today? Um, so what is it that you do here? And it was just interesting because everything is like a moving clock. Right. So you have the producers, then you have um, the stage directors, then you have um, audio, you have camera, then you have um, the host that you, you don't even see um, because there was a live audience there. Right. So, of course, you need to get the live audience hype. So you have people that are doing that. So. As a media major, I just watched everything and I'm backstage and I'm just seeing all of the small parts and how that how every small part puts together a huge production. So that's what I would have to say. As a media major, it was very interesting to me because a lot of people just watch the show and they just know about the director and they just know about the producer. But knowing and studying your craft, you know that there are so many different parts of it. Um, and it was just amazing to see everyone work together to just put on something amazing. And I just want to just say that, like, with me... 
I'm doing all of that as one person because as this whole entire thing was going on, I got the ring lights. And these ring lights, I'm starting to feel these ring lights now. Okay, this has been on for two hours. I'm starting to feel them. All right. I hope I look good because I'm starting to feel the I'm starting, I might be sweating a little bit. All right. Because these ring lights, they they something else, boy. And then I'm always, hey, you're next up. I'm, I'm making it happen. So people got to understand that it's not just what's in front of the camera. It's yeah. not just, hey, what's on the blog. It's not, hey, what you hear on the radio on like a Ricky Smiley or a Breakfast Club. It's what's putting it together because boy, have a producer right now. Oh, my God. Have a producer right now. Have somebody to turn down these ring lights. All right? That'd be so amazing right now. But it's like people don't see that. And I'm glad that you were able to get that opportunity. So you went back to campus. How has it been for you after the show? Like, have people, because CDK literally said he went to the store. Like, hey, you from, you from Nick Cannon. Like, so did you have those moments on campus? Like, how was that? Yeah, so it's actually funny. Um, I just had one in a few minutes ago when I went to the bookstore to go get a, um, a coffee. And it was a student there, and she was with her mom. And so I'm like, hey, how are you guys doing? Cool. And the student is like, hey, how are you? And then I hear a little, that was her, that was her. So the mom goes, excuse me, were you the one on Nick Cannon's show? I said, hi, yes, I am. And she was like, well, this is my daughter. She's thinking about coming to Clark Atlanta University. And can you just tell her a little bit about um, what's it like here? And it was just amazing. Like, oh, my goodness. Yes, please come. Please come. Like, I would love for you to be a Panther. Um, and also, yesterday, I had an event. And it was National Day of the Elderly. So I had a adopt-a-grandparent event. And so I went over to our local senior citizens' home just so that I could speak with them briefly. And one of the ladies, she looks at me, she goes, oh, you go to Clark Atlanta? And I'm like, yes, I do. She was like, you look like that young sister that was on that Nick Cannon show that got her stuff paid off. I said, yes, that was me. And so that was um, that was really dope as well. Not you look like <laughs> you, you look you, you, you look like someone I saw on TV. I was on TV. <laughs> that is hilarious oh my gosh so like and, and it's so crazy you saying that so and they didn't even, they weren't saying hey this is clark atlanta they were like hey you're from nick cannon like that's the platform like you know what i'm saying like that's like the opportunity that was given because it's reaching just beyond the school a lot of folks saw that and you know I, one, okay go ahead i'm sorry um i've had previous miss clark atlanta's from 1992 before i was even thought of before my parents even met like Hi, I'm such and such. I just want to let you know that you are doing an amazing job um, with this lineage. Um, and we're so proud of you. And it's that is that is amazing um, to hear alumni because essentially they are really the backbone of our institutions because they've been through it all. And so to hear alumni and specifically my mama queens from 20 plus years ago, almost 30 years ago, say, listen, Jada, we are absolutely proud of you. You are doing an amazing job. It is really, it just warms my soul. It really, really does. Cause that's, it's what, very that's what you're doing it for because like you're, you're making, you know, the lane to pass it on, you know, and then you know, opportunity like this, like this puts everybody on because I know that it was students and people that, and you got, we also got to realize this too, is that media is in a different ecosystem. So back yes. in the day, you listen to the radio. You have one time to hear it. You heard it, and then boom. Okay, I hear her. Or you, you, you're watching the talk show, and oh, I see you. But people were consuming that clip on so many different places and so many different pages. And, like, they're saying, man, I want this opportunity. I want to go to Clark Atlanta. You know, yes. so the fact that you had that moment and had that opportunity, 
man, that's recruitment on another level, you know? And then they made, I'm so dramatic, y'all. Then they made the thumbnail of everything. So you see me and you see all my teeth, every little teeth, every little tooth in the back. And Including I'm like, the wisdom teeth, tell you. <laughs> you see me, Nick Cannon himself on, on his Instagram. You see me as the thumbnail. So I'm sitting over here like this. And it was just so, it was so cool. It was so cool. Yeah, and I'm telling you one last, like, I got to drop some gems. That picture matters, too, because a lot of people posted the picture of you in the chair with the Nick Cannon sign in the back. I'm telling I'll, 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 I'll be telling you behind the scenes. Those pictures matter. Yeah. Portrait mode. That Get it close up because that matters because those are social media pictures. Like, people ask, like, hey, could you post stuff on post? And we have a, a real big, you know, thing where we're like, hey, we're very selective in what we post. But if you have a dope picture and it's high-quality we're more likely to post that than a picture of you far away. I'm about to throw you a touchdown. You know what I'm saying? Like you so far away, you like you in the red zone. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I need a close-up picture of you. So people got to make sure that the social media game is right because you never know. We're in an HBCU year. Jada, this is an HBCU year. 2021 has been a year where you have so many HBCU alum that are making it happen. You have people yes. that are not even from the HBCU culture traditionally, like Deion Sanders, that are now coming in. Yeah, they're coming in, and now they're part of this lineage. And then you have actors and actresses and, you know, talk shows that are doing their thing. And you already know, Jada, I call myself the millennial Tom Joyner. We got to <laughs> say where it come from, man. Tom Joyner bit was doing this 26 years, all right? From Tuskegee University, he was making it happen every Wednesday. He on the cruise. They they in the, they on the water. You know what I'm saying? Raising that money. So it's just so great to see it on a wider scale now. And I'm very encouraged that it's going to continue. Because I, I always was like, okay, listen, this is a fad right now. Like, I'm hoping that it continues on. But I'm very encouraged that it will. You know, and I'm glad that you were able to get this opportunity. And you are a part of history. So I got to ask you. This one last question that I waited to ask you, all right? Where did okay. Sensational 7 come from? You know what's funny? I was thinking about it. Um, <laughs> I, can't remember, I, I can't remember who exactly. It might have been me. I think I made that one up. I, uh, not, like, you know, I think it was Shay. I think it was Shay. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't know. We might have to have a conversation. I can't remember. I don't. I can't. It was one of the two. Um, You're thinking right now. He, she's thinking. He's like, what's it mean? <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. I think, honestly, I, I might have to give that one to myself, I think. But you know what? I don't want to be biased. So we're going to ask Mackenzie and Dewey, because I know we were all there at the same time. So we have to, we have to ask them. Um, but it was so great. Yes, yes, because at first someone was saying the Fantastic Four. And I was like, no, there's more. Mm. I said, we're there. Especially, you know, I'm I'm gonna ride for CDK because I felt like CDK was the one who put me here. I said, no, 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 there's more. And so um, that's when I was like, yeah, Sensational Seven. It was it's not the Fantastic Four because there's more of us. Um, and I also want to really highlight that D'Angelo, Marie, and Christian are absolutely amazing. Um, they were on Zoom, so I feel like some people in the media didn't really get a chance to highlight them as yeah. much as they have been and so i'm going to sit here and say that they are absolutely amazing and so deserving and i'm so happy that they got a chance to experience this with me as well as um this interview as well um amazing amazing students i'm so happy that i have this relationship with them and i want to say see now cdk was, was was getting it you know cdk knows what to do 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He had all he had all the news. CDK know what to do. Like, come on now, you know you know what to do. So it so like like maybe the national media wasn't seeing it, but locally, now CDK got right. You know what I'm saying? And and he didn't need the rest of because you know CDK already know what's up. He he know what's up. You know what I'm saying? And I was behind the scenes. Making sure everybody got their clip. You know what I'm saying? Like, so as a ginger is like, oh, is he posted? No, nah, I've been working. All right. And Jada J- J- know I sent Jada about five different versions of a clip. You know yes. what I'm saying? For the Jay Panada page, for the Miss Clock Atlanta page, for a personal page. I don't put it in her schedule on her page. Like, listen, I- I've been a producer in the background for for for, for the Jada Jenkins brand. All right. I'm telling you. But in general, Jada, super proud of you. And I just got to ask you this. So what's next for you? You know, like what's next after this? Well, whatever God wants me to do. Um, honestly, this all happened so fast. I did not expect this um, at all. And so that just proves to me that everything, like I said earlier, has been written out for you. Where And something that, something that I have been learning within my years, I just turned 21, something that I've been learning. You can try to plan things and you can write it down and you can put it in a calendar and you can keep saying it. But if that is not God's plan for you, if God, God laughs at our plans, first of all, let's start there. Because you could say, I'm going to do this, this, and this. And God is going to say, huh, okay. And my thing is, I always say, think bigger. So I don't know what is exactly next, but I hope that anything that it is, I have the opportunity to inspire someone. I have the opportunity to change a life. I have the opportunity to represent myself, my family, my community, my institution, my little sisters, my little brothers um, in the best light that I can. And I'm just hoping, you know, to finish my senior year off strong, to finish my reign off and really... um, touch someone and just make sure that everyone feels connected here to really just make sure that the HBCU alumni and the HBCU community feels that I am doing the best that I can to collaborate with um, the Sensational Seven and other um, neighboring institutions and just keep it going. That's really it. Like like you said, it has been the year of HBCUs. Let's make it the decade. Let's keep this momentum going. So that is what's next for me. Good grades and inspiration. I, I, oh, I, I, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. And and business. I'm honestly, I can't say too much because, like I said, God laughs at our plans. But um, I'm really hoping that my business can reach a whole new breaking point and a whole new mountain. So, fingers crossed. Yeah, we, we, we and I wanted to say this publicly. <laughs> you gonna be like, oh my God, Randall. We we gonna get you connected with Pinky Cole now. All right. That's gonna happen. All right. Your mama queen, Pinky Cole, y'all gonna link up at some point. And we and we gonna put it out there. We're gonna make that- it happen. I need for everybody that goes to Clark Atlanta. All right, this show Miss Clark Atlanta. I need you to make sure that Miss Pinky Cole knows that Jada is the next Pinky Cole. Okay. She's following in the lineage of the Pinky Coles. Okay, so I so so I need for Miss Pinky Cole to, to let like she can come out of a restaurant. Y'all can have lunch on you, okay, on her. Because right, listen, it's your restaurant. Like, come out with with the study vegan burgers and all that with the fries, and talk to Jada and give her that game. Let her know how to grow her empire. Like, you growing it, all right. And also, one more thing I got to say is leave the HBCs do this to do two things: start a group chat and start a faction. All right, they started a group, the Sensational Seven. That sound like Earth, Wind, and Fire, don't it? You know, it sound like the Jackson Five, don't it? <laughs> leave- 
successful at lead up HBCUs to do that. But Jada, thank you so much for coming on. Super proud of you. Where can we find you on social media? Yes, so you can find me, Jada from Jersey, J-E-Y-D-A-H from Jersey. Hello. Um, on Instagram. And you can find me at J Panadas, J-E-Y-P-A-N-A-D-A-S on Instagram. Jada F R M J E R S two on Twitter, Jada from Jersey two. And you can also find me Jada from Jersey on TikTok. I am trying to figure out TikTok and get my life together. So I do have a TikTok coming out soon as well. And I have a, a blog, Jada from Jersey.home.blog as well on my journalism tip. And I do have a YouTube channel, Jada from Jersey as well. So as long as you know how to spell that Jada, you can find everything. Hey, 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 listen, spell it out, man. This is Sesame Street. Spell it out, all right? You, you go get to it. All right, y'all go get to it. But Jada, thank you so much, man. Winner's Circle, we making it happen. All right, all right, all right. That is it for us on today. Exclusiveness. I'm loving it. So many amazing students that we talked to today. Man, listen, shout out to CDK. I got CDK, McKenzie, D'Angelo, Sharanica, Marie, Dewey, and Jada. But thank you all so much for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe to Pulse Radio on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, YouTube. Follow Pulse Radio 100 on all the platforms, including TikTok. And also follow HBCU Pulse, man. And check out Nick Cannon's show. He's doing a lot of amazing things. I watched it the whole entire week. And he might mess around and replace Wendy Williams. That's what I'm hearing. And it's verified, all right? So we're not going to get Wendy Williams out the door. That's still the OG. That's still the legend. But Nick is ready for action, man. He's ready for primetime. So make sure y'all check out his show. Check your local listings. But that is it for me. And as always, we'll see you on the other side. From the shade room to your news feed, we brag different. You're locked into HBCU Pulse, now trending worldwide.